Welcome everyone to this very special Halloween edition of Beyond Our World, which was recorded on October 30th, 2021, with special guest Alessandra Nadavari and John Edwards. We'll be discussing different ghost stories and we get some callers calling in as well. We also highlight a YouTube video that was recorded in 2013 on the YouTube channel Yankee Reb. Enjoy tonight's episode of this special Halloween Beyond Our World. Hi, welcome everyone to Beyond Our World, or should I call it Beyond the Crypt. Tonight we are going to be sharing some ghostly stories, and these are going to be given to us by our guests, Alessandra Naduvari, or should I say the Mistress of the Dark, and John Edwards. <laughs> With his whip in hand. And the tomb <laughs> radar. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, so we're going to have a great time tonight, everyone. And we hope that you guys will call in. I do have the phone line going so that you can call in and share your stories with us. Excellent. All right. <laughs> so let's begin. I think John has some interesting stories yes, to share. Yes. Not Gettysburg, do you not? Yes. Can we look at that little piece of footage from Gettysburg? Certainly. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let me get it brought up here. Yeah. Who we are? Do we got some people? God, we do. Yes. Who do we have to say hi to? And Janet. And Jan excellent. and Linda, of course. Yes, excellent. All right. Let me find <laughs> Let me find it. There we go. All right. Bring this, up. this is a very interesting clip, and you'll have to look closely. There we go. All right. So I'm going to make this full screen here. And uh, there we go. Now, pay attention to around the cannons. Hey, we love the cannons. Yes. And this is after 20 minutes of footage. Mm. Holy, holy crap. Down by the can, you see that? Oh, what is that? Wish. Oh, my God. Is it? No way. What is that? I have no friggin' idea. Did you get that on the camera? I. It's recording. Oh, my gosh. Did you see that? I, Did you? Honestly. I, I wouldn't believe it unless we recorded it. Hey, that was pretty interesting, was it not? <laughs> it's, it's, yes, it's, it's true. It's very scary, Jeff. Let's just face it. Um, that whole area is, um, is commiserate of, uh, you know, lives gone and um, sacrificed on the battlefield. And let me just say, it's one of the creepiest places I've ever been. Now, that's and, pretty interesting because yes. I know there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of, um, you know, men died there obviously during the uh, during the war. Yes, some I know were actually uh, shot. I mean, there was a, a point where there was a bunch of men that were down in a, a, a gully, like in a, a trench or a gully, and the enemy came right up and just like shooting, you know, yes, yes, yes in a yes, barrel. It was terrible. Terrible. Yes, the, the place is called Devil's Den. That's the actual name of the of the place you're referring to. Wow. Where they would shoot into the gully and blood just ran like a small stream into the battlefield it is it's absolutely off the chain mm. if you've ever seen it i i've i have a story about that place jeff and ah, to, please to, this do day, share. to this day <laughs> it creeps me out it really does the more i think about this 
So I was celebrating my 40th birthday it's many, many years ago. And we decided to do like a little spoof and go to the, you know, the Civil War wake. And you go into the room, you know, it's a typical Civil War meal, you know, wild chicken or wild turkey and, you know, the vegetables just prepared just like it would have been during the Civil War. And on the far side, you see the grieving widow and there is a coffin there with the deceased person from the war, uh, Confederate or, you know, Union. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't really matter at, at death. What does it matter? You know, who you fall for. And so we're eating and it's really hard to concentrate on what you're eating with a coffin in the room and which you're eating. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, mm, you know, not much of an appetite when you see a coffin and a, and a grieving widow on the far side. And so, you know, we leave to the basement of the Farnsworth Inn. Now, the Farnsworth Inn is one of the most, or is the most, um, one of the most spooky places in Gettysburg. Mm. Um, they still have Civil War bullet holes in the restaurant. So you can go and actually take a booth with the Civil War bullet holes wow. in the restaurant wall. Um, and they're telling us stories. They're telling us stories how there are two kids that roam the Farnsworth and they're kind of mischief makers, tricksters. And my daughter and I look at each other and she's there, Julia. And I'm like, hmm, you know, we're kind of not buying this. And they're telling us a story of how, oh, the kids love to stack coins. And I look at Julia, she looks at me, she goes, Dad, how many? I said seven, meaning we're going to put down seven coins on the ground. So we do just randomly, poop, 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 my daughter pulls them out, poop, 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 and puts them on the ground. We look back about two or three minutes later and all the coins are stacked up. Wow. And I was like, what in the world <laughs> oh, just man. happened? I hate that dude to be <laughs> Oh, it, the story gets worse. Let oh, me tell really? You because, yeah, oh, it gets much creepier. I do share, do share. <laughs> so my poor daughter, is, she's a ripe old age of 12, and she's just kind of really just kind of freaking out at this point. She goes, Dad, Dad, how that happened? What's going on, Dad? How did this happen? I said, I don't know. I mean, I really didn't know, you know. So, you know, we hop into the, you know, the, 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 the a car and we head up to my father's place. He's not far from there. He's in Blue Ridge Summit. And um, it's, a, it's a very creepy area. Um, two houses down from where my father lives, they actually put in a new driveway and found Civil War surgical instruments all in the driveway. Like there was a triage there. This is how creepy this place is. And then up the road in the barn in the backyard, they found about 160, 70 Civil War bullets. So we, we know it's not far from the Battle of Monterey. So maybe a mile, mile and a half from the Battle of Monterey. So we get home. It's probably about 9.30, 10 at night. And Julia hops out. And then I hear this voice say, little girl's voice too, said, John, call me by name, John. John, would you like to play a game? And all the blood rushed out of my face. And <laughs> And I said, turned to my daughter, I said, Julia, did you just ask to play a game? She goes, no, Dad. And I went up and, you know, opened the door. I said, Dad, did you hear anything? He's like, no, no, I was in the house. I'm like, are you kidding? You've never heard a little girl around here ask to play a game? He goes, no, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I said, Julia, you sure you didn't hear it? I heard it clear as day. It was audible. It was just like one of the two of you speaking to me right now. And to this day, it freaks me out. I couldn't sleep the whole night, Jeff. I stayed awake and stared into the darkness of my father's backyard, which goes right up into the woods, and just mm. waiting for some kind of specter, ghoul, or ghost, 
or maybe even a passing bear to come towards me. <laughs> so I was just peering out the back window. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, wow. you know, the, the, the thin, let's just say the, and my father and I talk about this all the time, the veil between life and death in Gettysburg and surrounding areas is very, very thin. We'll put it that way. Very wow. Yeah, I'll bet. You know so, what? I want to see this again. Go ahead. Go it's, ahead. It's just, it's just creepy. Yeah, we can watch it again. We can watch that video again. But it was absolutely creepy. I'll never forget that. I have told that story to my students. It is absolutely creepy. I can't explain so, that yeah. girl's voice. But they said I, there were kids running around the house and the farms were within. And I was, maybe one tailed me, you know, followed me home. Mm-hmm. somehow and it's just it's creepy to this day I, I i still creep thinking about it so hey can we see the footage again yeah let's take a look at it yeah, again yeah, i'm gonna it's just bring so it back creepy. up here all right so pay attention to the cannons area and again this is going to be there's a lot more this video is a lot longer but i'm not going to play the whole thing but okay. we'll roll it again just take a watch right around the cannons there Holy, holy crap. Down by the can, you see that? Oh, what is that? Holy shit. Oh my God. There it is. No way, what is that? I have no friggin' idea. Did you get that on the camera? I, it's recording. Oh my gosh, did you see that? Mm. That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. You know, your I story. Have, that's huh? that's something else. You know, when you have that story about those oh coins being stacked up like that, that's and hearing the voice. You know, I've had some offer, you know, some uh, ghost investigations that I've done and I've heard voices. And there's also a time where I wasn't doing an investigation and I heard a voice mm. whisper in my mm. ear. I'll tell that story here in just a bit. That's pretty crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty, it was very creepy. The, the only other story I have in that area, and there's many stories, but I, we wanted to share was um, one of my former students who, you know, I'm still good friends with the family, you know, parents and all, you know, we, we hang out every so often. And they camp up at the Gettysburg campground all the time, um, sort of near uh, Little Round Top and that whole area that was them. And one morning they were telling me that they, the, the mother and Logan's the student, got, got up. Um, he's an adult now. He, they got up. And um, at the crack of dawn, and a a Civil War soldier manifest saluted out the field, and just faded away. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! They, I said, really? Did that happen? She goes, yeah. Oh, my, our family is, has the ability to see things like that, like others don't. And so they're telling me this story. I'm I'm just beside myself. I mean, you know, I'm, it leaves me speechless. It, it's it is it, the 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 veil between life and, and death up there is, is truly thin. Wow, that's wild. It's just crazy. It's yes, crazy. and you know that's very true. That sometimes you know they uh, you know they um, they talk about that that veil that you talk about between life and death um, being very thin at times, um, and I think that that's you know sometimes I wondered about the fact that could it be that. Uh, that we're actually hearing uh, voices coming through from the other side, or could there be a possibility of a 
you know, and this goes into a whole different area here of an alternate dimension or a different reality that mm. is mixing at one particular point and crossing over things crossing over. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Alessandra, do you have any? Do you have a story that you'd like to share with us? <laughs> well, I like the Knights Templar, so I could share a couple of uh, Templar ghost stories with you. All right. Okay. Oops, 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 oops. Uh, let's see. Go ahead. So there are two places in Europe that you can actually visit, which is what I like. To, that's what I would like to do one day too. Uh, one is a place called Crescent Temple in Essex. The place where they have the world's oldest, largest timber framed barn and mm. will actually belong to the Knights Templar. So it still stands. It's like a museum now. It's a wheat and barley barn, a beautiful timber framed building. And outside Crescent Temple, there's a lake and sand pits. And apparently, that's where the Templar ghost appears. He looks like a like a knight on horseback and he just rides by. He kind of manifests from the mist. The mist comes from the lake and he's inside that mist. I think we have a picture of that. I'm going to share that. All right. I'm going to bring that up. Now, check this out, folks. This is crazy. Now, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up right here. Take a look at that. Go ahead, Alessandra. Yeah, so, so that's him. You can see that um he's right he's riding i think there used to be some kind of a road there so there's a tree on the left and a horse that's right in front of that tree can you see the horse's head oh yeah yes. i mean that's the first thing that that's the first thing i notice is the head of the horse and it looks like to me it looks like it's wearing that armor that a horse would wear on its on its uh, you know on its head on its face Right. Doesn't it? It does to me. And then on the horse's back, there's a rider. Mm. Now we can't we can't see any Templar symbols on him, but I bet that it is a Templar knight. So I can discern his left arm, and he looks like he's wearing chainmail mm -hmm. and a coat or some kind of a cloak. So oh, goodness. And then I don't know what those round objects are, if that's just a lens flare or if that could be a shield. I don't know on which side they would have the shield on the left side or on the right side. Mm. That is fascinating. Wow. I mean, you know, yeah, you could say it's a mist. You could say it's a, you know, smoke or whatever. But I mean, it has taken the shape of a horse and a rider. Yes. <laughs> and it's not, that's not, I, I, I mean, even the arch of the neck oh, right here. God. I mean, look at the arch of the neck. I mean, that's... That's the horse's mane right there. You can see it flopping yes. down. I mean, that's yeah. that's really... That's creepy. Beautiful horse. Wow. Ooh, that is creepy. You, I'm sorry. Where did you say this was again? What was the name of the so place? This is at a place called Cressing Temple in Essex, England. And it's a museum. They have this huge barn that dates back to the Knights Templar. It was Queen Matilda who gave that land to the Templars in the 12th century. So it's, it was actually quite old. Oh, that's crazy. Ah. 
Yeah, here we go. Uh, let's see. Doreen says, I assume that they would use the shield on their left so they could use their right hand for, yeah. you know, their sword wow. or their, you know, if they're that would make sense. or whatever. That sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Thank you, Doreen. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, that is that is really... <laughs> That's creepy. Now, you know, if you saw something like this, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have a story. We were out... Uh, we were out at Bushy Run Battlefield. That's in mm. the um, it's in the Western PA area outside of Pittsburgh. And we were doing an investigation out there, and a couple things happened um, when we were there. We were doing uh, we were walking along a path. We had several things that we did that night, but one particular one we were walking along a path, and we had cameras going, and you know, uh, audio. I had uh, you know. Um, digital audio going recorder going and all of that and there was a a mist that showed up um and it was it was a chilly night i i was a little i was a little unsure if maybe it was something that had come out of just the moisture in the air or whatever but a mist had uh developed and it moved as we were walking down this path. We got trees on both sides. There's a hillside on one side with trees going up it and then kind of going down on the left side. And this mist developed out of nowhere and moved its way across the road. It was like a large bubble or whatever you want to call it, just a mass. And it moved across. Now, all I had going at the moment was my digital recorder. And it moved across the road and just drifted away into the trees. I didn't capture it on video because obviously I, I didn't have anything going at the moment. And is, you know, there was a couple of people there with me, but you know, and I don't think they got it either. They didn't as a matter of fact, as I remember, but when you see something like that and when you're, you know, when you're, you're, you're trying to, you want, you want to see something like that. And then when you do uh, just like John said there for just a moment, it your heart skips a beat and the you, i don't know about the blood draining from my face but it was like you know you you step back for a second and you're looking at that like was that just a mist or was that a, a manifestation of some sort that moved away across, across mm-hmm. the road like that I well mean, this this templar knight has been riding road for seven eight hundred years can you imagine what it takes for a spirit to stay on earth that long mm. Change shape or maintain his shape and the horse too right so are we looking at the spirit of a knight and his horse who maybe died in that area or are we looking at some kind of a um, snapshot in time like like but, a frozen but- real that just or that's, that's true yeah so are we looking at a night when he was alive this is all we get you know the shape in the mist or is he actually a spirit of a dead knight who doesn't know he's dead and he just keeps haunting that place he, he patrols crescent temple mm-hmm. that could have been his job and maybe that's exactly what he's doing or returning from some sort of a uh, 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 a battle or whatever um and they, they talk about that you know when they in the ghost hunting world they talk about that quite a bit could something like that be a a my son 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention my son here for a second to staying at the house with me here. He sees entities. He's seen two in our house, and he mm. talks about that. Now, I have not seen them. Not in this particular house. I've not seen the entities that he sees, a man and a woman. Um, and I asked him, you know, because do you, had you tried to talk to them at any point? Um, and he said, no, why should I do that? And I said, well, find out, you know, ask them if there's something you, they, they want you to do or, um, so going with that, there are two different, uh, that they, they, in theory, there are two different types of a manifestation. There would be one that would be a, like you said, a movie reel. It's just plays over and over and over and over again. And they're, the entity itself does not have any awareness of the real world around it. Right. So it just continues to play like a movie reel going over and over and over. The other type is one where it actually does realize you're there and will look at you and make eye contact with you and maybe interact with you if in some way. So this one, I don't know this. I mean, you'd have to, if it's been seen before at different times, maybe it's just replaying. And if that happens, um, it traumatic. Oh, okay. Kate says that's called traumatic, traumatic imprinting. Okay, cool. I did not know that. Thank you. But that's, that's interesting because if they interact with you, that's the one that I think is going to scare the pants off. <laughs> when, I, when I see that, um, because they're well, going to interact with you and speak to you or something like that. And the question is, what do we look like to them? Do we right. appear as ghosts to them? Do we appear as shapes in the mist and make them wonder where did we come from and how come? Yep. Yeah, so, Erica says it's visual or intelligent. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. So the, uh, what I have just said, that's not my idea. Um, I want to give credit to my friend, Dave Petrill. I hope he's watching the show right now. <laughs> and uh, he gave me that thought. He said, what if we appear to them as ghosts and they are trying to figure out who we are? How can we keep popping existence? And, no. and you know, when you, have a, when you have an entity that is inside of a particular home and you are there and they say that, um, they say that if you go in and you start to remodel a house, they get mm -hmm. very active and they get, yeah. they get, and they want it. So maybe in that respect, like you just said, you're changing their environment, the environment yes. that they had when they were there, you're making changes to it and they want to know why. And it get agitated about that. So maybe, wow, that's, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that before like that. That's interesting. Wow, what do you guys think of that? Is that something that, uh, um, you know, I, it makes total sense to me that you could very well be a, po a possibility. What do you guys think? Well, well the, the other and and, you know, I'd love to hear what our uh, viewers think, Jeff. But the other the possibility I've been thinking of is is the uh, veil between time thin. And is time really an illusion? Are they, are they ghost and entities? I'm doing it strictly from a quantum physics, you know, time you know um terminology here if if that is an echo in time that we're seeing and they're seeing on their side an echo in time and the the, the veil between times is very thin so sometimes we can see that running tape in the background and we just see it as a as a ghost 
or a, a spirit, but you know, who's to say what we're not seeing is just an echo? You know, mm-hmm. very and, true. And, and and I really believe that a lot of what we see that that might be an echo that we keep seeing over and over and over for whatever reason that particular place can support that phenomena of an echo, and that guard will always guard that place. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll go in the same pattern like a tape, and we're just seeing the echo like a movie reel over and over and over again. Right. And maybe maybe time is layered. So every era, maybe every decade, maybe every century is layered on top of the older ones. So it accumulates, mm-hmm. but all the layers are still beneath the present time. And maybe um, something causes those layers to shift and we get a glimpse of what's beneath, maybe 100 layers beneath. But in a way, it still exists. We just don't exist in in that time but it's still out there mm-hmm. i i see yeah, nothing in this so. universe gets lost or forgotten no it's just sort of gets covered up well well einstein's and he says it the energy is neither created or destroyed so it's either transformed recycled or it's residual those are the three states of energy you know and and, and that's it i mean if you can't destroy energy well, at the point of death, it, your energy, your life force has to go somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. where is it, where it goes? I have no idea, but it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and those ghosts are in majority, right? All those ghosts that mm-hmm. went somewhere, there's more of them than there's us living, currently living, right? Correct. Yes. So okay. I would say we are surrounded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they're in our world all around us for sure. And it's a matter of, it's a matter of being, and some people, you know, this is something that I I was talking with uh, Maddie Blake about is that some people are sensitive to those things. Mm -hmm. You know, they are more sensitive to that. Um, And, you know, and you watch TV shows, you know, like uh, one in particular that I kind of like to watch is um, I've I've forgotten the name of it all of a sudden it's uh, with the lady talks to uh, the, the dead uh, and then there's a uh, Steve is the uh, police. He's a former police officer that goes with her. And yeah, they that, these... Jeff, that would be called the Dead Files. Dead Files. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes. 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 Amy. Now, Amy, Amy is the is the woman. Yes. The Amy Allen. Yeah. yeah Amy and Allen. She, you know. Now you, you you look at that kind of a show and you think, oh my goodness. Uh, by the way, Alessandro, I wanted to tell you that Dave Petrella did say hi. Yeah, he was saying hi to you right here. Uh, he's <laughs> not. Uh, he doesn't have the uh, the thing going with. Um, um, Streamyard, but he did say hi and then he also said that right there so i wanted to let you know that i can see his name popping up on the uh on the uh facebook feed there so yeah amy allen so you know the fact that she can actually um you know see these people or and interact with them in such a way uh she's an intuitive she can do that mm-hmm. um you know and you look at that kind of a show and you think oh my gosh you know this is not real that's all a bunch of bunk but then you watch the the results, and that's the thing that Steve. I just saw an interview with the two of them together, um, talking. You know, off show, they were talking about the show, obviously, and what they do. And Steve said initially he thought this is crazy, and he thought, well, I'll do the show because I've been invited to come and do the show. But after he got working with her for a while, he said she's spot on. I mean, she comes up with this stuff, being able to tell what the person looks like in many cases. And describes people that she sees and interacts with that were actually, you know, like somebody that got hung on the property. And yet Mm. then there's a story that there's somebody got hung on the property, things like that. And you look at that and you go, my goodness, 
how could she be that accurate if it's a hoax you know if it's not real right no absolutely right you know it, it's the question is what what is her what is her gift you know is it is it that she actually communicates with these this residual energy or does she peer into the past um you know i, I think dave petrellis is absolutely right all of it's happening at the same time for for god the divine the universe it all unfolds at the same time we see it as time but you mm -hmm. know the divine nature does not it all happens at the same time so you know when you start to think about that kind of mind infinite mind and being able to see these things i think certain people have those types of abilities god-given abilities for whatever reason yep you know it's a very again time is as thin as the veil between life and death mm -hmm. now there's been times where i have seen some pretty cool stuff away from my home now my son has seen two different entities in my home um he says that he has seen one who looks like a man he says he looks amish because he has the beard but no mustache and he's seen them both with a hat and without a hat a, mm. an amish style hat um now this house that i live in was built in 1932 so mm. and it is western pennsylvania so that is a possibility uh, i don't know i haven't checked into its history to find out if there were any amish ever living here um or even a mennonites but um that's pretty interesting and then he sees a lady and he says she's she's very pretty or whatever but she never speaks she just sits you know he usually sees her sitting on a ledge there's like a ledge in a vaulted ceiling that he says he sees her sitting there um mm. but now i never see that in my own home and i think the part of the reason is is that i don't want to see it in my own home I want my home to be a place where I don't see those kinds of things. So I block it, you know, like you were just saying, John, you know, there's people, there's intuits that, that are susceptible to seeing these types. They're in the right frame of mind to see these things or experience mm -hmm. these things. I don't want to do that at home. But when I go out on a ghost investigation, I do want to see it. And then I do see things or hear things. Um, pretty crazy. Wow. Who's got the next story? Who wants to? And folks, if you have a story that you'd like I'm to share, a yeah. phone number, let's put the phone number back up. Please I'd feel like, free to call I'd in. I'd like to mention one more ghost template. Please. Okay. Sure. So I'm from Europe, and um, there's a very beautiful city called Prague in the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. And the core of Prague is old town. That's how Prague started. And then it just, you know, kept growing. People kept building houses. But the core uh, is still maintained as a historic downtown. So you can see a lot of beautiful old buildings. There's Charles's Bridge. There's the, uh, the very famous astronomical clock um, called Ortoloi. And um, the Knights Templar used to have a commandery in Prague, in that part of town. And they called it Jerusalem. So now uh, that building is gone, and in its stead, we have St. Anne's Church. But apparently, in that neighborhood, uh, there's uh, a headless Templar who patrols the what? place. <laughs> and people <Yeah>. see him. <laughs> people see him riding on his horse. Uh, it's a beautiful white horse. Unfortunately, the, the Templar lost his head, but <laughs> he carries it around in his helmet under his left arm. God. <laughs> and some people claim to have seen him or to have been kicked by his horse. Wow. I don't know how that works. And apparently he also wow. goes into 
the local taverns and steals beer from the patrons. So he's a little naughty. <laughs> <laughs> and the, le the legend says that he can be released from um, his unfortunate fate if somebody has the courage to stab him through the heart. Wow. So, who's up for that? <laughs> wow. Well, it, crap. Who wants to do that? I mean, come on now. <laughs> this fella made it to um, Prague's Museum of Ghosts and Legends. They actually have a museum in Prague dedicated to ghosts and legends. Oh, and they wow. have an exhibit, a, a mannequin that looks like a headless Templar. I actually put that uh, mm. in, in the chat as a link. I don't know if you can pull oh, that up. Okay, yeah, let me check it out here. Headless Templar. Uh, is it the one that says Legends of the Templar? Oh, here it is. Headless. Okay. Yeah, you have a Headless Templar to show us? Oh, we Let's have see. a Headless Templar. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Alexander, uh, these stories, they're creepy. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> all right. Is, I'm going to bring this picture uh, up here. All right. Here we I go. Check the out Templar. the Headless the headless Templar. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. So the way the way he, that he drinks beer when he walks into a tavern is is uh, he picks up uh, you know a glass oh. of beer and then he pours it into oh. the mouth of his severed oh. head. <laughs> oh, this is awful. Okay, and I read this legend in a book called Legends of the Knights Templar by Alex Grishin. So if anybody wants to check out that book, mm. can you pick it up, John? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was just a, that churned my stomach. I had to collect myself. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So there, are, this book, Legend of the Knights Templar oh, by okay, Alex cool. Grishin, is full of stories like this. Not all of them are gruesome. Some of them are even like uh, love stories and uh, ghost stories and all kinds of cool legends that he gathers from all over Europe. So it's wow. a really wow. That that is really creepy. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, when I was talking about uh, sometimes when I have seen things outside of my home, <clears throat> one of them that I had was when I moved. I was actually looking at a house that I was going to rent, and the landlord was showing me around the house. I may have told this story before, but so bear with me on this. But uh, so he was showing me around the house. We went through the living room, the kitchen and all of that stuff. And we were going down the hallway and I took a look in the bathroom to see what kind of shape it was in and all that. And as we were going down, there was three bedrooms, one on the end on the left, one straight ahead. And then there was one on the right. And as it, and it was a sunny day outside and all of that. So we're going down the hallway and we're turning to go into the bedroom that's on the right. And as we do, he's leading the way. And as we do, he goes into the room and I glance back and I look into where the doors are open to the other bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And I glance over into what would be the master bedroom. And I, as I'm turning, I glance over there and I see the window is open. The curtains are, you know, uh, not open. Mm -hmm. The curtains are drawn back on the bedroom window. And there is a black full body apparition standing. Mm -hmm. And I see him from the, from the chest up around the head, the shoulders, and everything. As I'm turning, and I look over, and I see that in that other room, and I'm just like, and then I, I just turned my head back and followed him into this other bedroom, and I went, I just saw a full-body apparition standing in what's going to become my bedroom. 
And, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, we come back out and we come back out and as we do, we head into that bedroom and he's gone. There's not, it's not there. And I clearly saw. So it, so it was a he, not a she. I think so. I got that impression. I don't know that for a fact. Um, so it wasn't a succubus. No, I don't. <laughs> I <hope not. laughs> there were some weird things that went on at that house, I tell you. But I never, and again, it was one of those things that I kind of blocked out because I don't want to. I never do a ghost investigation in my own home. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I just don't want. I, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's funny because I'll do it everywhere else. I'll go anywhere else and do a ghost investigation. <laughs> Not in my own house. I don't know why that is. It's just one of those things, I guess. You'd have to burn it down that if if you did an investigation. Yeah, I know. It's like I go to bed at night. You know, if they're around, (laughs) if they want to talk, hundreds of ghosts living there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, there is a lot around, so you never know what. uh, um, You know, like you just said, there's way more ghosts than there are living. So yeah, they are in majority. Jeff, I, I would like to share something else, and I, th- yes, I, think, I, th- I think you would like this. This, so I like to acquire artifacts. Um, I have quite a military collection. Uh, one of the things I'm going to show you, when I brought this into the house for about three months, there were strange goings on in the house. I can only imagine what type of energy is connected to this. It creeps me out. But I'm going to show it to the audience. Okay, I'm not sure if you can see it. Oh wow. It's a an blunderbuss. Odd, it like it's a blunderbuss, blunder, but it is a blunderbuss. Okay, wow. I got it at auction. There's the barrel of the blunderbuss. Not sure if you guys can see it. And there's the stock. Wow, that is cool. Uh, ornately. I mean, let me get you back to full size here, so people can see that better. There we go. Okay, and then you can see the stock, and it's all decorated. It is decorated commensurate of the Ottoman Empire. And it was a spoil of war um, that was retrieved by forces, European forces, um, during the Ottoman Empire Wars. And I got this at auction. What's really creepy is there's some there's some symbols on here. Um, I'm not going to say what they are out loud, but if you look at the back of the blunderbust, You'll be able to see some symbols. They are hidden within the artwork, and they're actually a set of numbers. Oh. Three, uh, many sets of numbers, but right in here is a set of numbers. I'm not sure you can see them. Okay. Um, the numbers are associated with dark forces. This firearm when it was brought into my home um had a lot of negative energy to it um things started to fall off the walls um Mm. things moved um there's something attached to this so i put it underneath of a of about four or five of my finest antique bibles and just let it sit not that i'm superstitious but just like i said you know not at all and you know so it is it's one of my more you know unique artifacts it's a prized possession and i managed to get this um but when you when you look at it and you look at what this is it is really really a creepy little artifact 
um, with no explanation of what was brought into my home when I brought this in. But many things like this, as you guys know, when you bring in artifacts of, of where people had living, sometimes they have the residual energy of the owner. And when you bring things into this in your home like this, you're bringing in whatever residual energy was attached to it. Yep. And what's or the victim of that weapon? What was that? A ghost attached to it's a weapon, yes. So yes, yes, it's a weapon. Who's attached to it might not be the owner, but the victim of the weapon. That's what scares me. Is I I think I'm going to end up selling it, only because (laughs) I'm wondering. If, will if, you disclose what yes i absolutely <laughs> will but I, I i think i think i think i want to sell it oh i, I mean maybe something hamilton white may be interested in you know ah, he, collects, he collects things like he this. might be indeed and yeah, it's let funny. The house be haunted sure sure yeah. well what's <laughs> interesting is you you see what's going on in the background something is in the background right now of my background my background is lighter and lighter and there's no yeah. explanation of why it's suddenly getting lighter and lighter in the background. That's kind of really creepy. I, I, obviously, my hands are here. I'm not touching anything. And then you see it getting lighter. I'm not doing a thing. Yes, I have a green screen going up. But why suddenly? The, that means there's a heat signature or something going on in my background. Yep. You see it getting lighter. And I have no uh, explanation why it's doing that. That's really wow. creepy. It's so, standing right behind you. So. <laughs> something's right behind me and I don't know what it is. And it's, it's, it has to do with this thing right here. So I just want to say, you know, ghost stories also involve sometimes items and yes. places and, yes. you know, how energies you, you, can you, attach themselves. You don't put that thing under your pillow at night, do you? Uh, absolutely not. You know, I, I sleep with it. You know, I, there's at least six or seven, like I, I have a ton of antique Bibles, you know, and it's not that I'm superstitious, but, you know, some you know you can neutralize things like this with a bunch of prayer and you know what your personal belief is, and but having in the houses has been interesting because just different things have happened, and I can't explain why. Unknown why, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of science. I can't scientifically explain why things have been moving in the house, why things fall off the wall, and why now the green screen behind me has gone crazy. That basically means there's a light or heat anomaly that's happening to to do something in the background. I've done nothing. You, you see, it's changing. Yeah. My hands are on this blunderbuss right here. So well, I just wanted to Henry that. Henry Dewitt just said you're freaking me out, John. I need a beer. Uh, that do you probably, have, that's do you have those? John, do you have those Bibles nearby? I, I, I do have them rather close by. I mean, they're right over okay. there. They're on display. But Maybe I might. A large I, I think I'm going to put, I think I'm going to go for a minute and put the blunderbuss under lock and key real quick. So I'll be back. <laughs> I have to handle whatever's in the background. And I don't know what's going on here, but it's creeping me out. So I, just, I'm, just, I, I, just John, John, just make sure it's you who comes back, not the other guy. Uh, yes. Well, Ooh. no, it would be a more interesting show. Actually, it might be if it was a spirit, you know, it'd be a much more with interesting a vampire, show. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If suddenly you know, a spirit appeared, it would probably be a very interesting show. So now look, it just left. It just left. I, I've, I've, I've done, I've done nothing. Yeah, I've, I've absolutely done nothing. Wow. So it's gone. So, wow. and you saw my hands. It was, there, it was on the blunderbuss itself. Why yeah, suddenly it. did I have an anomaly behind me on a green screen? And the only way that happens is. What whatever the light source is, whatever is is heating up to such an extent, that I'm getting an anomaly behind me, which is kind of really weird. 
So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and put this away. I, All right, I should, we'll I should be back. back in just a minute. I, I'm All a right. little creeped out. I do have holy water in the house. So let me <laughs> let me take care of some things. Give me about a minute or so. I'll be back. All right. <laughs> Weird. Keeps holy water in his house. Now that right there is. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna Linda. He's prepared. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I don't have holy water in my house, but uh, anyway, uh, Linda, I, I was gonna say something. Linda Simmons um, said, "Number one, I had a visitor today at work. I work in an old courthouse museum. That would be awesome. First of all, right there." Um, I was first to arrive this morning, so I unlocked the door and walked down the hall to hang up my coat in the back room. And then the second part of it is, and while I, uh, while there, I heard somebody walk along the hallway. I had just walked down, or the hallway she had just walked down. Then I heard the door chime. I just assumed that another worker had come in, and uh, but seconds later, but there was no one there. Really interesting. There was How somebody many... there, obviously, just not right. So obviously there was material. <laughs> right. So I wanted to ask you guys, folks in the chat, and you, Alessandra and John, do John, you back. do you, have you noticed any? I think he's adjusting it now. He's trying to, but have you noticed anything yes. at your place of work? And again, I don't know where you work or anything like that. But let me ask the chat and also you two. Have you ever noticed anything at your place of work? No. And you work in a school, right? Because you're a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yes. And now surrounding area, no. Um, I, I, I do know, I do know that if you ever seen the keepers, the keepers is, I believe, a Netflix special, and that happened right around here mm. um, about the murders in the sixties, and it was um, murders of nuns. Um, and it's a really creepy series, and that's that's not even more than ten to fifteen miles away. We ha also have Edgar Allan Poe's graveyard, not far away. Mm. Um, we we have all sorts of you know places around here that are, are very creepy because so close to DC, mm -hmm. you know, and Philadelphia to DC. There's all sorts of haunts around here, which um, it's kind of creepy. Um, Herondale's not far from where I live, and Herondale is is where a, a man by the name of Bean. Um, he's a priest now, um, had, um, supposedly demons in his house and he writes about it. I'll try mm -hmm. to see if I can come up with a book, but he writes about it and he had a harrowing, harrowing experience that, that terrified him and his family in the seventies. And that's not even more than maybe five, 10 miles away, Jeff. So, mm -hmm. you know, Ooh, what was that? Okay. Hold on. Something I heard that here. too. I heard something. I, I touched nothing and something and you just live moved alone, in my right? house. No, I haven't I've touched nothing and something just moved in the house. So I'm really starting to get creeped out here. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I will be back. Something's happening. I don't know. I'll be back. <laughs> right. I have okay, to see what this well, is. That's really that. creepy. What just happened? Yeah. Okay. I'll be back. Okay. Kate uh, said, I woke up to a man Thanks. sitting on my bed, handsome and a little out of time. I would say in the 70s. I also live on native lands. And when I first moved in, I had to invite them, accepting, I had to invite them, accepting my offer, accept my offer. So, what would that be like to wake up and have somebody sitting on the edge of your bed? Again, this is why I don't investigate at my home. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Now, I mentioned the thing about work. And the reason I brought that up is because there have been many occasions 
where I have seen things at my place of business where I work. And most of the time when I, and I saw it mostly when I was, I had a cubicle and uh, where I was sitting, you know, I put a little, there was a little mirror that I had that I would stick up because I was in a corner facing the corner. And I never liked that. I always liked to face the door or be able to see out into the room and have my back to the wall or my back to the corner. But this particular place I was was set up, I was facing the corner. And so I had a little mirror, had a magnet on the back of it, and it stuck on the side of my cubicle on the rack or on the shelf right there. And in that mirror, quite often, when there was no one else in the room, there was only another one other person. And when he was not there, I would see movement in that mirror. Out of the corner of my eye, I'm there working away, typing at my desk and doing stuff. And I would see movement in that mirror and I would see it and I'd look up and there was nothing there. And then I went and looked around in the room, not a soul in the room. There's two doors, long room. I could clearly see if there was anyone else in there. No one else was in the room. It happened many times that I saw that movement in that mirror of somebody behind me. And then no one's in that room. The doors didn't open or close or nothing like that. It was just me. So yeah, that and then doors opening by themselves. Uh, where I am in my office now, I have an adjoining uh, office that you go through my office. He, there's two ways to get into that other office, but you go through my office to get into this other office. And the door has opened before of when there's nobody there. There's nobody in, you know, either coming around either one of those doors and the doors. And it's right where I said I can look up and see the door right here to my left. And it's like. And there's nobody there. So that's a little, you know, unnerving, you know. So how many of you folks have anything happening at your place of work? Tom Burns says, my antenna must be broken. <laughs> Intrigued and curious, but have yet to witness anything. Wow. Yeah. You, you definitely got to be uh, in tune with it, I think. Yeah. Wow. All right, we'll skip over that one there. I'm just reading some of the other chats. Well, I'm just telling you, Jeff, this this my house is this something right now. Right I, I heard that noise. <laughs> I, I know. I, well, you guys, I'm like sitting it. right here and I heard the crinkling. I was like, what it's is recorded. going on? It's, <laughs> it's because I removed the blunderbuss from the Bible. I wanted to go to the show. I had a stack and now they're back on there. And you notice the, 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 the background's not changing and none of that's changing. Whatever is attached to that thing, I think I need to get it out of my house. Um, it's just it's it's spooky. I, it's a thing that Hamilton might have. You need to, do, you need you to do some EVPs. You need to get oh some EVPs. Oh my god! I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to ship it to you. Will you do EVPs <laughs> on it? I mean, I, I would. I, I you would know, it. I mean, I'll, I'll still it. own it and all, but I, I got to get it out of the house, Jeff. I mean, this is this is. I do it. Okay. I think there's something to it. I mean, you guys saw the anomalies. I I can't. It's, it's creepier than I ever thought tonight. I thought I thought we were going to turn, you know, just tell ghost stories tonight, and yet I have something trying to manifest behind me because mm -hmm. of the blunderbust, and and who knows what that was aimed at and who it killed. I mean, you know, I have many artifacts like that, but I think that really actually did see a lot of action in the Ottoman um, Ottoman Empire war. So, um, yeah, I'm speaking uh, I'm of freaked out. <laughs> speaking of noises. Um... A year ago at Neuros here in Nova Scotia, we had a couple of psychics from a show called Sightseers. They were actually filming an episode at Neuros. 
And on the last day of filming, we were having lunch with the crew. We were sitting inside the house and there's a back door that's not currently being used because the house is under renovations and that door is missing steps. So the threshold is quite high. So if you want to use the door, you have to step up quite a bit. So nobody uses that door. And that's where I heard somebody knock on the door from the outside. So I thought, okay, it's a crew member. For some reason, he decided to use that door and can't get in. So I got up, walked to the door, opened it, and there was nobody there. I closed it and I told the crew, did you hear that? There was this knocking. So some of them heard it, some of them didn't. I didn't pay attention to it, but the knocking followed us home. I told we don't the crew. Really, oh, we don't what, stop. What was that? It's it's the phone. Somebody just called in. I'm going to ask you on the phone. I, Hang on just a minute. If you would turn your volume down on what you're watching the show on, if you would, please. Yeah. And go I ahead. I am and, doing that. Okay. And hang on. Don't hang up. And then let Alessandra finish her, her story. Go ahead. Okay. So the knocking followed us home. We we don't live at uh, the Neuros house. We live about. What the hell? You guys hear that? I do hear that. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Is what, that the heck? from what the oh heck is God. happening? <laughs> what is going on? Oh, what the, what <laughs> Did that come from your soundboard? Tell me it did. I don't know if that came from my caller. Uh, are you what the now? heck was that? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, that's all right. We, the show must go on. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I'm not all right. okay. Oh, I'm not goodness. okay. You're a trooper, John. Okay, just hang in there. So the knocking followed us home. And oh uh, what's going on? I heard it downstairs in my own house in the evening. Then my husband heard it too. And I'm like, that's not normal. We don't know who followed us home or, and why they're trying to get our attention, right? I'm used to paranormal phenomena. I, I lived in haunted houses before, so it doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, and Fair enough. Um, it was some kind of a warning. Maybe two days after that, my husband got really sick and I ended up taking him to the emergency room where he got a bed. And they had this computer monitor next to his bed. And that thing was knocking on that computer monitor mm. while we were you know, waiting for the for the ER nurse. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that. That, that was a little scary for me because I thought, okay, there's something bad going on, something serious. Oh, wow. Fortunately, he pulled through. And I think that the ghost or entity that was the knocking eventually left. We don't hear the knocking anymore. But yeah, the, that house in Euros definitely haunted and something followed us home. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the presence of the psychics that made the ghost mm -hmm. come out more, you know, in full force. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So, all right, who do we have on the phone with us today, tonight? I'm sorry, who is this? Oh, am I getting is this? Is that Kate, or is that something interfering with the phone? Sounds no, like Kate. this was happening the other day, too. Oh, um, let's see. Go ahead, say something, please. Hello? So Are you still on the phone? Mm. So this freaky. was happening the other day. I was having to say, oh, it looks like it disconnected and it reconnected. 
weird. Such a such a creepy show tonight, Jeff. I can't take it. This is crazy weird. Huh. Well, okay. She hung up. All right. Uh, try again. Okay, try yeah, to please, call in please again. Call back. Oh, please here call we back. go. Here we go. Okay. Hello. Hello, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Hi, Wanda. How you doing? Doing all right. You're echo one on me. I can hardly hear you. Yep. I'm glad you called right back. So do you have some uh, story to share with us? Yeah. Well, that was real small. Mm. My grandmother's house. And it seems to remember all those. Remember not the old feather bed. Um, anyway, I'm going to try to hook up something here real quick. Oh, I'm stuck. Wow. Hang on, Wanda. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to hear you. We can hear you. Because this is, uh, this wow. is not working very well. Hang on just a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to, uh, I think I've got your number here and I may try to call. Yes, I do. I'm going to try to call you back. Yeah, that's a good uh, call. This happened the other day and I was having an issue with it. So I'm going to call you back. All right. All right, bye. Okay, I'm going to try another avenue here with this. Oh, okay. Go ahead and yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, um, uh, Alexandra, have you ever run into what they're called poltergeist? Yes. Do you have any stories that you'd be willing to share about poltergeist? Yes. Um, sure, go for it. <laughs> Obviously, there's something in my house, and I don't know, but my house has been. This is kind of crazy, unusual. So, yes, soothe my soul, no, please. Tell me something. What I, what I know about poltergeists is that they are ghosts that are able to move objects and even throw them with great force. And I thought that poltergeists were just ghosts that threw objects around. But mm -hmm. apparently poltergeists are attached to a person. So... Ooh. They will follow you from place to place. And I've heard stories here in Nova Scotia, where I live right now, about yeah. families moving to another place, hoping to, you know, lose the ghosts, but mm -hmm. the ghosts mm -hmm. came with mm -hmm. them. So the, the poltergeists are attached to a person or a family. And yeah, um, <laughs> there's some kind of a bond. So, so let me ask you this. You know, you, you, saw, you saw my object, my, my historical object. Um, do you think that, and I'll say it like this, I'm going to go about it scientifically. Can energies, even life force energies bond or, or, or be associated with objects as well? I think so. Yes. yes. How do you understand that phenomena? My guess would be that that object was important to them in their life. Maybe... Mm when they died, they were holding it or they were near it. And that's their link to this world because that object survives. Yes, a lot of these objects are mm -hmm, centuries mm -hmm, old. Mm -hmm, uh, you have museums full of very, very old artifacts, sometimes thousands of years old. I've been to the British Museum in London. Wow. And that place is packed with objects from Sumeria and ancient Egypt. So um, if we're talking about how history and time that already passed survived mm -hmm. somehow, mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. say these objects are a very good link, like an anchor in time. As long as you can stay near that object, wherever that object goes, you can go too. So it's like a passport. 
Hmm. So something like my blunderbuss may have something attached to it, is what you're saying. Well, if let's say a soldier held it. Yes, which and then happened. died I mean, because he got shot in the battle, and he was still holding it. Maybe uh, part of him became fused with the quantum field of of that object. Oh, I, you know, I know stories about animals that stay uh, by their owners um, after they die. So you hear about um, yes, I've seen that uh, dogs or cats that pass away, but their ghosts are still around. I had that happen with my cat. And um, you also hear it the other way around where, let's say... And then, um, this is your cat, Henrietta, right? Yes. Henrietta so, Sinclair. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so so um, I think it's also the other way around where, let's say you have a man and his dog. The man dies first. The dog is very sad and grieves. We know mm -hmm, that animals mm -hmm, can mm -hmm. grieve. They're human yeah, yeah, and then uh, they meet in the afterlife. I, I actually heard this uh, from one of my aunties who said that uh, in our family, like my aunties and uncles, there was somebody who died. I don't remember right now who it was, but he was always accompanied in life by his dog. He was like a shepherd dog. And mm -hmm. um, he would just show up as a as a ghost accompanied by the ghost of his dog. So the wow. two of them met in the afterlife. They waited for each other. Oh my God, that's so that's so creepy. So I think really it's about a bond that spans beyond a lifetime. It spans beyond this world or it bridges this world and, and the other world. I think that we get attached in life uh, to people, to animals, to, to objects, maybe even to events. Attachment is a big thing in psychology. And mm -hmm. who is to say that this attachment is broken in the moment of our death? I, I'd say the opposite is true, that the attachment continues. It, it survives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And, and like, like we were saying earlier, energy is neither created nor destroyed. So it has to be somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that attaches, you know, <laughs> makes sense to me. Well, if we're thinking about that bond or that attachment as a, as a conduit connecting to people or mm -hmm. uh, objects or animals, then that's how the energy would travel, right? Yes. So yes, maybe yes, yes. the energy of this object feeds the ghost that's attached to it or vice versa. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> That's crazy. <laughs> Jeff, you're back. I think so. Yeah, I found it. I, what I did was I hooked this thing up directly to my. Uh, oh, we just lost John. Uh, I hooked this up directly to my the board. And let me see if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work, folks. I'm going to give it a try. Let's see if I can call her. Wow. Why is it doing that? Wow. This is just. Oh, there you go. Something, something happened. Oh, this is Brian Lynch. Thank you for calling. Please leave a message. Oops. Well, that didn't work. All right, here we go. 
I don't know what's happening, man. This is weird. All these weird things are happening. Tonight. I, I don't know what's going on, Jeff. It's just the weirdest thing. Even when Alessandra was just talking a few minutes ago, and all of a sudden her voice went like it was like really far away, and then came back. Did you notice that? I, I did, and it's just whatever. This is this kind of a this is a crazy broadcast tonight, Jeff. I have no explanation. I'm sitting back, and you know, I, I don't know what's going on, Jeff. Well, I don't know what's happening here, but crazy, it, I think it's this. Uh, I think it's this phone of mine. Uh, it must be because hooking it up directly didn't do anything. And I called back the number that just. Wow. Oh. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Indeed. Let's see. Two different numbers called in. I don't know. Uh, oh, someone's on there. Did I hear someone? I, I, I've been hearing voices, Jeff. And if you're not connected, where's that voice coming from? The phone is not on right now. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> Did you hear the voice? You had to have heard the voice. Like, Hello? Oh, there it goes. Now it's trying again. Okay. Hello? Yeah, it's breaking up really bad. Who is this? This is Wanda. Oh, hi, Wanda. Yeah, it's that's breaking a, that, up really bad. Jeff, that's a different voice. That's a different voice than the first voice we heard on the phone. I know. It's a different voice. It sounded like a man's voice the first time. Yes, yes. And now it's Wanda. What the I'm heck? Wanda. <laughs> what the heck is going on tonight? This is creepy. You know what? Wanda, Maybe I'm gonna... it's not Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really breaking up, and I really don't know why it's doing that. It's got to be this phone. Um, oh my god, this is crazy. It's got to be this phone. What I was gonna, well, I don't have. Let's see, I'm gonna try Wanda. I'm gonna try to call you on a different phone. Is that all right? Okay, I'm That's sorry. Fine. Let me try that. And but, but when you, first, you when you first called that number, Jeff, it was a it was a gentleman on the phone, and I then know. you kept doing it. And it says, Hi, this is Wanda. I'm like, What? Yeah, that was that was really That's that was really That's pretty weird. Really freaky. Oh my god. This is a show for the ages, Jeff. A show for the ages. I don't know what's going on here, but it's kind of, uh, everything is just creeping me out tonight. I, I will yeah. not be able to sleep. I'm gonna have to stay up. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stay up until the sun comes up and then I'll try to catch some sleep. Oh, oh yeah. So, uh, Brenda Dixon said EVP phone, you are conjuring them. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Jeff, an EVP phone. I, I, Jeff, yeah, that's what exactly what it is, Jeff. She's right. You have an EVP phone. Oh, this is, my this goodness. is like extra creepy tonight. <laughs> I, I have no All right, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to. I'm trying to go. No, I'm uh, out. But I, I was going <laughs> to. Where'd he go again? He disappeared again. I definitely heard a sound in his house. I heard it. I heard that sound in your house. Did you hear that sound, Jeff? I mean, it crazy. was like a, a, a crackling sound. And then there was some kind of crazy wail. I was yes, like, I what is that? Yeah, that okay. was... That I, I'm was sufficiently weird. freaked out tonight, so I've, meet, I've made my quota for the month. Okay. We're going to try this other phone. You may have to sleep in a hotel. I, no, I'll, I'm, I'm just going to clinch my Bible and, you know, curl up, you know, <laughs> and be like, you know, Jesus Lord, watch over me. I mean, that'll be about it. You know, what, you got, what else can you do? That's you know, your last vote. Like, yeah, exactly. And it'll be, you know, take my 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 French Bible from the 1600s, you know, and just put it someplace. Open the John three sixteen and just just sleep like a baby, you know. 
I don't know. It's just kind of it's crazy. This All right, we're gonna kind of call night. her back right now on this. Oh other my phone. god, this maybe is this crazy. phone. Now, this I, phone I, does it. I don't know. I'm opening every Bible I own tonight. Every one of them. Hello. Hey. hey. Wanda, Hello. Wanda, are you there? Hello. Yep. Hello, I'm here. All right. All right. I think we got a good connection now. Turn, turn your sound up. I can't hardly hear you. Oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, Hold on. Let's see. Also electronic issues. Broadcaster Pro. Yeah, that's on that. Uh, let's see. Can you hear me now? Not really. Wow. Wow. What is going on? I don't know why this is this all is, going on tonight. Man, this crazy. is really weird. All right. Well... Go ahead and give us your story, Wanda. All right. My grandmother's house was built in 1832. And she, of course, we live here in the deep south in Mississippi. And uh, when I was real small, my sister and I had, and my parents had went up there for Christmas. And, of course, I don't know if you remember the feather beds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And once you get in them, you sink, and you sink, and then they put like three tons of blankets over the top of you. <laughs> well, we were sleeping, and in that room, it had no heat, and it was a big room. Um, it used to be a uh, log cabin, and then they had built it and made a, uh, what they call a dog trot house out of it. And then later on, my grandfather enclosed it all and made a house. Well... I was laying there, and all of a sudden, I woke up. Everybody else was asleep. I woke up, and I saw this, um, I don't know if he was a colonel, a general, or what, but he was a Confederate soldier. He had a, uh, what they call a, a plume, the feather in his hair, wow. in his head, mm -hmm. in, the, in the hat, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and he was just standing at the foot of the bed looking at me. And, of course, back then and still even today, I'm not really scared. I mean, I, I, I go shaking after the fact. <laughs> but uh, I was uh, woke up wow. and saw him standing there. So uh, he didn't say anything to me. He just looked at me, and I went right on back to sleep. And then when I said something to my mother about it, she didn't believe me. Nobody ever believed me until one of my cousins come up to me at, at the cemetery up there and asked me. She said, didn't you see somebody? And I said, yeah, long time ago. And she said, uh, well, we've seen it too. And this was my cousin, so they were at that house also. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, but I don't know what happened to him. I said, I don't either. He never spoke to me. He never said a word. He just stood there and looked at me and my sister. And my sister was asleep, so she didn't see him. But I just went right on back to sleep. And to this day, even back then, I mean, I was a small child, but it was real. I mean, wow. he was there. I saw him. And I never felt scared around him. He just stood there. Wow. How old did you say you were? Excuse me? How old did you say you were when that happened? Uh, probably anywhere between five and eight. Wow. Wow. 
That's incredible. And so, you, did you ever see him again? Know, even to this day, I mean, I still remember like it was yesterday. Wow. It just, you know, <clears throat> it was just. Uh, wow. No. You never saw them. You never saw him again after that, or anyone else. No, never saw. I never saw him again. That was mm. one and only time. Wow. That's incredible. And that's something to say, you know, that's something that Maddie and Blake and I were talking about is the fact that when, when that happens to you, when that sort of thing happens to you, you're, you're not a, uh, it's a, it's a paranormal experience, but it's you, you, you are then an experiencer. You've, 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 something has happened so profound in your life that it has changed you inside and it opens you up to the possibilities. And that's, it's amazing that you haven't ever seen anybody else. I'm, I'm surprised at that now. And you said you weren't scared at all. Well, I haven't ever seen anybody else, but, um, I have heard somebody else in my house. Oh, wow. And I was actually carrying on a conversation with them. And when I come out of the washroom, there was nobody there. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, tell us about that. Well, I, I don't even remember too much about it. I was just back in the washroom, and I heard somebody, you know, yelling at me. And I answered them, and seems like they asked me a question, and I answered it. And I said, well, hold on. I'll be out in a second. And I got through doing what I was doing, and I walked out, and there was nobody there. Oh, man. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting because I have had that kind of thing happen to me once before where somebody called my name, just like John said earlier. Somebody said, you know, actually spoke his name to him. Yeah. And I went, yeah, like you said, I, I answered, yeah. And then I went over there and there was no one there. There was no one mm. in the room that could have called my name. Mm. Wow. That's... Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go because I can't hardly hear you on the other end okay. unless I turn my computer up. So. Okay. Sorry okay. about that. Thanks for calling, Wanda. That's okay. Thanks, I Wanda. I hear you. But I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. So I have a creepy story from the Ozarks if you want to hear it. Okay. Yes, please. My husband um, lived in uh, Missouri and. Um, I think Arkansas. So the Ozarks yeah. in Missouri or Arkansas or both? I think it's actually both, is it not? I, I think it is. Okay. So somewhere in the Ozarks, um, his grandparents lived in a very old house that used to get struck by lightning. So it was often charged with electricity. And yeah. I think that sometimes kind of opens up things for like a portal or doorway for these ghosts. So things would happen in that house, but nobody ever talked about it. I think they were a religious family and, mm. you know, that. so you, you don't talk about things that are outside of the norm, right? You just mm -mm. <laughs> stick to <laughs> what you know and what's in the Bible and maybe ignore everything else. But the, the grandchildren, including my husband, would notice things, right? And then try to quiz the adults, what did we just see? So he said that he was a uh, he was a boy 
uh, at the time, and he would sleep in the spare bedroom, which might have been in the attic. And there were some very old toys from a bygone era in the attic. And he said that he woke up one night, he saw these, uh, he said, trolls come out of the walls of the <laughs> attic and start playing with the toys on the floor. Mm. So he didn't know what to do. <laughs> So he was just like, you know, frozen under his feather blanket and then tried to go back to sleep. And he asked his cousin the next day, you know, did you see what I saw? And I think his cousin corroborated the story about these little trolls that come out of the walls to play with the old toys. Mm. So many years later, he was telling me the story and he's like, you know what I think now? They weren't trolls because they were wearing uh, children's clothes but they were little and he said he theorized that maybe they were spirits of very young children who died prematurely because you know 100 years ago uh, there wasn't very good um prenatal care or mm -hmm. you know just the medical care wasn't there so a lot of uh a lot of times people were, you know, born at home, but the mother um, couldn't save the babies. So a lot of children died at a very young age. So he thinks that some of these trolls that were in the attic were in reality spirits of children who died at a very young age on either on that farm or neighboring farms. That creeped him out even more. That. Mm so very young and you know it's it's like not only did the children have a you know a, a lesser success rate of living after being born at home but also the mothers you know there was right. there was times where the mothers also didn't uh didn't survive right. um you know birth you know that's that's uh um you know nowadays of course you know that that kind of you know we got our modern medicine and everything and that's pretty much never happens but you know, back then it did quite a bit, but uh, well, wow. life lifespans were much shorter. Maybe into your fifties, sixties if you were really lucky. Not into your eighties and nineties, right? You know, you, you have all sorts of things that you can do with the heart during heart attacks, which they didn't have. You have a heart attack back then, you're you're done, you're gone. So yep. you know, mess is really prolonged life. And people were born at home and they died in the same mm -hmm. home, mm -hmm. so their entire life kind of took place in that house or on that farm they you know some of them never moved away so that mm -hmm. that was the world that they knew so if they passed away maybe that's where they stayed because that was the only place that they were familiar with and they didn't want to go anywhere else mm -hmm. right that makes sense. well we've had quite a few stories that have been said in the chat here and i just wanted to <clears throat> try to cover a few of them sure and I know this phone is wacky. I tried hooking up the other phone again, and I turned off the Wi-Fi. Hopefully that might help it. But uh, Mary Mary um, Molsky said, I volunteer at a humane society that is across the street from a cemetery. We are all used to hearing our names called when no one is there. Whoa. That's pretty creepy. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Woken One said, ghosts and poltergeists are like kids. You need the you need consequences if boundaries are broken and ghost or poltergeist have comical anxiety attacks and emotional breakdown when they realize that they have been freed. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Kate was telling you, John. Uh, here, I'll bring this up. Okay. 
Your the Bible is your talisman, and it will work. Yep, it's yep, what yep, you yep. you have belief in. You're exactly right. Yep, 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 absolutely. And that's weird. Did all this weird stuff started happening when you brought out that darn the, bl- the, the blunderbust? And and you notice <laughs> it's all it's all gone. I have my I have five of the seven Bibles on top of the thing. It's back in its case. <laughs> I, I, I put holy order around it. I mean, come on. Maybe there's nothing to it. But do you see do you see the green screen changing at all? Do you right. see any anomalies? Do you hear any more noises in my, my house? No, it's, it's all subsided. right behind you, John. It stood right behind you. <laughs> Don't tell uh-huh. me that. <laughs> I won't be able to sleep. What am I going to oh, do? Sleep is overrated. Sleep is overrated. Well, you know what they say sleep is for the grave. <laughs> I got to bring this up here because oh, no. I got the wrong thing going here. Let's see. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> sleep is overrated. <laughs> I was just trying to see. Kat. Linda was saying, "Kate, I tried, but no, he's not paying attention to me." And I did. I missed it because I was trying to get everything going here, but I don't know what I missed. Uh, let's see. Oh, could be aliens. There's just somebody's telling you it could be aliens, John. Uh, you know what? You know what? No, I don't think it is. But there's that whole thing with Skinwalker Ranch, and and they have you've seen the footage, Jess. I'm sure of you of the aliens in the background. The guy that took the samurai sword and supposedly went on the, an alien killing spree and you know they they have the dna that they took from the sword they, they sent the dna off and the men in black came and took the dna so no one knows where the dna went of of supposedly what that guy killed with his samurai sword um and he tells the story about skinwalker ranch so could aliens be in the mix somewhere perhaps i mean the question is do are portals opened up do things walk through portals do things walk through dimensional doors? Do do you believe it, Alexandra? Let me ask you: Do you believe in dimensional doors and portals? Yes. Well, um, Halloween, which is uh, a holiday based on a very ancient holiday of Celts, oh, um, okay. is a time of the year when Celts believed that the division or the veil between mm-hmm. our world world of the living world of people mm-hmm. and the other side parted became thinner and ghosts and demons could pass from the other side into our world and mm-hmm. try to bother us so celts would wear masks or they would paint their faces so that mm-hmm. they would be unrecognizable to the demons mm-hmm. and that tradition stayed with us um, for well several thousand years i'm pretty sure celts were around um 2000 years ago mm. they were around during the roman empire so yeah so that's how old that holiday is it's interesting that halloween is so popular in north america we don't really celebrate it in europe <laughs> even though <laughs> else lived in europe they, they even lived in my in my homeland slovakia by river danube so it's curious that we don't have Halloween in slovakia but we do celebrate all saints day yes November yeah. 1st. Yeah, the that's day after. When, yeah, that's when my parents will go to a cemetery and then light a candle for for their dead relatives. <laughs> yes. And if there is a grave that has no wreath on it, no candle, people feel compelled to put one there, even though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're not related to the person who's buried there. So um, there is a time of the year when we take care of the spirits and we sure. let them know that, you know, we want to make sure they are all right that yeah, they're not 
it, it was interesting how the church set that up. They put they put All Saints Day right smack right after All Hallows Eve, done right. done purposely. You know, the, the commemorate commemorate saints that have passed. It's kind of the the um, holier version of, of of Halloween, All Saints Day, and 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 the communion of saints, which is all this uh, you know the saints you know the energy of the saints and the communion of the saints all together in the same place, whether that be heaven or wherever that is. So but you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting. It also makes sense when you consider astronomy. During this mm. time of year, our world does go dark because uh, at least northern hemisphere is still yes. seeing farther away from the sun. So we enter this dark part of the year, and then we merge from it at Christmas, right? December twenty fourth, yes. solstice. So, um, so autumn equinox is when things start getting dark. Yes, that's where you have um, holidays like Halloween and All Saints Day. And then we merge out of that at Christmas and then we celebrate the rebirth of the sun. The sun comes back and gives us um, more light, more warmth. The days start getting longer. So So, so so that's celebrated, too. Yeah. So there's no coincidence between, you know, December 25th and that being the festival of Sol Invictus, which would have been the mithril god of the resurrected sun. Which right. is under Constantine, and all he did was take Christian layovers and put it on an existing pagan holiday, easy to convert the masses. You have a resurrected God that isn't Saul Victus at that point; it's Christ. So very, very easy transference for the troops, the military that did did actually, you know, worship the sun god Saul Victus. So that makes perfect sense, and and it's perfect sense to lay over Christmas, December twenty fifth, over over the festival for Saul Victus. It's, it's the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Well, so underneath all of that, all those holidays in, yeah. in any country, in any uh, millennium, is I think astronomy. It's a story of Earth and Sun mm-hmm. and Moon and the stars. Yeah, absolutely. And the cycle that we go through. Absolutely. And that's also found in, in alchemy. Alchemy we, does a lot of astronomy. So, yeah, yes. that makes perfect sense to me. So, we, we go through a phase of light and, and then we go through a phase of darkness. Darkness. I'm going to try to give Kate sure. a call here. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Let's see if this uh, works here. Uh, While Jeff's doing that, I totally agree with you. And, oh. and uh, the closer we get to that December 21st, and it gets darker and darker, the, the thinner and thinner that veil between light, I mean, between life and death becomes. You know, it just does, for whatever reason. So you have a lot of paranormal activity going on home. Does it get more frequent this time of the year, Hello. or is it steady all year round? It it, it wanes and and picks up. the The closer I get to December twenty first, I have. We won't say it's paranormal. We'll just say it's it's anomalies. <laughs> Hold on a second. Anomalies that happen okay. in the house, and um, you know, I, I'm not going to attribute to anything because if I suddenly attributed something, I think it picks up even more. <laughs> So I just say, oh, that's interesting. That plate moved, and I just go about my business. Or you okay. know, oh, they're, they're, you know, because you start feeding into it, you're just adding energy for whatever it is to draw off. Yes. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to be scared about it. You know, I have my things around here, my talis- talismans, and you know, my prayers and things of that sort. And, you know, and I'm in a good space. You know, the light of God is good space. So you know, I suddenly I'll see a plate move. I'll be like, okay, a plate move. Or something flies off the wall. Okay, I hang it back up. You know, uh, but what else are you gonna do? Right, right. You, you yeah. know, you, you're gonna let it. You, fear is oh. what, what things feed on. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna move. 
fear is what these entities feed on. You know, right. if it's yeah. it's going to anger, fear, depression, all those kind of moods, the negative energy, boom. Mm -hmm. So you just don't pay it any mind. I mean, yep. All right, I got Kate on the phone. Okay, so let's, let's go, Kate. Uh, let's see what has with Kate. Hi, Kate. How you doing? Hi, how how's everyone? It's been like crazy tonight, isn't it? <laughs> it uh, is. I can't believe all these technical issues I'm having. I don't know what's I'm, happening. I'm creeping out, Kate. I'm creeping out right now. There's just a lot <laughs> no, going on. Don't freak out, John. Don't freak out. I am, you know, I am a Celtic pagan. I um, have those beliefs, and this is Shawin, and um, it, it's spelled Samhain. You know, if you see the word Samhain floating mm -hmm. around, it's actually Shawin in Gaelic, mm -hmm. and um, it's a good time of year. It gives us the ability to um, seek our ancestors from beyond the veil and say our goodbyes and release all of that um, energy that we had from when they passed from the year before. Mm. So it's a good time. And what I would recommend to you, John, is mm. to find out where that gun kind of came from see what the beliefs around that person that might have had mm -hmm. and kind of protect yourself. Have your holy water, have your Bibles around you and try to connect with the entity that is um, coming through. And it might not be a malice entity. It might be mm -hmm. one. <laughs> say, hey, listen, go away. Chances are they will go away. Uh, and um, yeah. so just keep that with you because yeah. I believe strongly in talisman because whatever faith we have mm -hmm. that transforms any um relationship we have with the entities all around and you know sometimes yeah i do believe that we could have aliens as those who are um gone through the veil because i think the veil is just another word of saying you're going through a portal portal to another place another world and sometimes the entities coming through might not have the same uh, human values or human interests. They might see us as something else or answerless to them. Mm -hmm. So um, we have to protect ourselves from that, but it's not necessarily evil. It's just totally different. That's that's my that's my belief. And um, they, you know, some of these. The entities that come through the veil might have, you know, malice or might be um, mischief makers. So that's why the ancient Celts really kind of mm -hmm. um, put their masks on, you know, did things, went out into the wild um, to blend in with the entities that are coming through the veil. So that, that's, that's always kind of interests me. And I just wanted to mention about that guy that was on my bed. That mm -hmm. freaked me out. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I, 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 I live in the attic, so no one could come up the stairs. And I go, Mom, there was no person that came up the stairs. And I go um, to my niece and nephew, no one came up the stairs during the night. I said, no, Auntie, no one did. And um, so it kind of freaked me out. He did it a couple of times, and he's left. But he hasn't been back. I hope he's not back tonight, because tonight and tomorrow night are the thinnest times be, um, between the worlds so that's kind of interesting mm -hmm. so yeah wow yeah i think it is you know somebody mentioned that too and i thought i always thought that halloween was just a somebody just went out and picked that you know day and said oh let's do it on this particular day i didn't realize 
that there were there was a significance to this time of the year. I mean, yeah, for the Celtic, yes, the Celtic pagans, this is the high holiday. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, this is in, especially in Ireland, um, this is where the Dagda mm-hmm. and the Morgan came together on um, a bed of a river, and they co- copulated, and she pledged her um, her powers to the um, the tribe that was in control um, of the area. So they would go into battle. She'd support them. She was the um, goddess of the sovereign. And um, so she went and she protected the soldiers that fought in that war. So it was very interesting. And um, it celebrated for seven days. So you would have seven days to kind of... Um, kind of interact with the dead and it would be a celebration. So there would be a lot of food on the plate. There would be a lot of dancing, a lot of um, celebrations and a lot of festive making. So it would be a time of year where, you know, we're going into that dark season. And um, so this is our last real feast because Celts did not really do anything for winter solstice. The oh, next big time would be Imbolc, which is on February second. Interesting. So, so they looked at it as a celebration rather than looking at it as some sort of a you know scary thing. You know, I mean, we look at Halloween today and the whole thing of trick or treating or whatever, and you put your ghosts and goblins out on your front stoop so that it would scare away any evil. Right? Is that the whole idea? Right. Behind- I mean, yeah, but because they looked you at would it completely say- different. Yeah, don't don't come here, evil makers or right. mischief makers or you know stuff like that. And um, yeah, sure, you know the Celts had the banshee, which is a really oh, scary sisters yeah. <laughs> and, and um, all of that. But um, and but it wasn't a time of year to be scared. It was a mm. time to celebrate our ancestors, mm. to celebrate um, those that have come before and in. You know, you would have dinner at night. You would leave a plate of food for the the ancestor that left you last during the year before. Mm-hmm. So, um, in a lot of Celtic paganism, um, a person would journey the earth for uh, until um, Shawin, and um, they would then be released to go to wherever they need to go next on the path. Right. So where did this, where did this, you know, and I'm sure I, I've heard the story before. I was just trying to remember. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I got, yeah, I got that, John. Um, so, you know, where did this thing come up with where, you know, we had to put out, um, you know, the, the things in our front yard to scare away the evil spirits or give them, you know, give candy or whatever because it, it appeased them or something. Where did that all come from? You know, where did that start okay. from? That came from um, the Celtic pagans as well. Okay. So a part of um, the beauty of Shawin is that we get to see our ancestors. But the bad thing about Shawin, there would be these entities that may or may not be friendly to humankind would mm-hmm. come through. And also um, the the great hunt or the wild hunts would come through and, you know, werewolves would come through and all of those things would come through and that's why they would wear these costumes. And, um, I don't 
I think the the jack-o'-lanterns, I was just reading a book on um, ancient Halloween practices. Um, the carving of the jack-o'-lantern didn't come into play until much later. And a lot of the celebrations we do have now with the trick-or-treat actually came from America mm-hmm. and some um, from Britain as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, probably from the candy makers going, hey, this is a great time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I just had, there's also Janet just put up a message and said they don't carve pumpkins. Nope. They carve turnips and put a yep. candle inside and carry on, carry it on a stick to scare away evil spirits. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, they, um, the, the, the turnips are definitely in Scotland and parts of Ireland and um, either they carve them or they don't carve them because they don't really have pumpkins like we do in the States. In fact, it's our pumpkins look very different from what pumpkins originally uh, started off from. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of interesting. And um, it's always been a fun time for me. And it's just about, um, it's just about that end cycle. We're in the end cycle right now. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. we'll come out of it in um, February. And, you know, when the light come up in the whole cycle of, of life. Wow, that makes sense. I like that. Hmm. That's really neat. So that's kind of an education we got there. I did not know any of that. That's really interesting that you shared that because, uh, um, you know, I heard some of that, but I, I didn't really, I just didn't know the uh, the whole the whole meaning behind it. Hmm. Hey, is this something yeah. that you, you've looked into for many years? I mean, is this like a yes, passion? I've, yeah, I know. You mentioned it. It is. It's, it's mine. Um, I've been... Um, researching religions and different and paranormal things for mm-hmm. probably a good 30, 40 years now. Wow. And, um, and as I say, I say this to everybody, hold what you believe in, whether it's, you, you know, you have faith in Catholicism or, or mainstream Christianity or Islam or Judaism, you take the talismans that you believe in. You can be actually, um, you can be an atheist and have a talisman that will protect you from, you know, what you perceive as evil as well. So I always tell that, I go, what do you have that you love the most? What do you believe? What do you have a physical representation of something that you have faith in? And that will always protect you. Right. Hmm. So Great. can I share a theory? Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, we agree that Halloween has Celtic origins as a holiday. A lot of these spooky stories, even in North America, talk about headless horsemen, right? Like the legend of the Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. there's a headless horseman. So I was thinking, what's the deal with these headless riders? And it occurred to me that Celts believed that head, the human head is the seat of the soul. So they would decapitate their enemies in battle to make sure that those enemies don't rise back because they also believed in reincarnation. Mm. So to make the, the process of reincarnation mm. a little longer and more complex, they would sever the head to make sure that it's gone. The soul is definitely gone from the body and the it will not rise again. So that that's where these legends headless horsemen that we see in Europe and North America come from, that ultimately they're Celtic in origin as well. Hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, though it's also part of the wild hunt. You know, like there's, there's like so many different stories about the wild hunt throughout um, Europe. It's uh, it, it goes from um, Ireland and Scotland and England and mm-hmm. into um, some Gaelic parts of France and um, parts of Germany as well. So it's always been interesting to me, you know, that we always have you know, this focus of, like, the spooky stuff during the dark times. Yes. It's not evil times. It just means it's the dark time. It's when there's no sun and people want to go and, and listen to stories and they want to remember their, their dead. And so, yeah, that's always been interesting to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow, sure. what a great concept. Great concept. It's, <clears throat> that's nothing to lose your head over. <laughs> that's awful <laughs> but that, that right, makes I'll, that I'll makes let so you uh, <laughs> I'll let you talk to others who want to call in okay. and thank you very much for listening to my story oh I appreciate thank it you, thank Kate. you that's so much awesome. it was great. So, so, cool. you. so happy bye to now. have you calling bye bye now you know that's uh, that's interesting because you know you know you think about the fact that you remove somebody's head and that would prevent them so supposedly that would prevent them from from being able to come back I guess is that what that so blow them down you know because if if you get killed then let's make sure that you stay that way right mm-hmm. so so Celts wanted to finish it for good mm-hmm. they took um, war seriously. They were mm-hmm. a, a really fearsome, and well, I would just say that the Roman Empire was really afraid of the Celts. If you look into the history of the Roman Empire, especially um, the life of uh, Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. he had it out for Celts. He decided to wipe them out, and he went after them not only bodily, so he did not only uh, wage wars wage war on them and kill all their warriors in battle he also went after them spiritually so he tried to suppress the druids because the druids were the spiritual leaders of the celts and he knew Mm. that want to control the celts you have to go after the druids so he tried to steal that from them Mm. but i think the the druids persevered they survived you know somewhere in small number and then of the catholic church try to suppress them the second time. And we saw that in the British Isles. Right. You know, you were talking about that, um, the uh, uh, Knight Templar from that ghost, that mist that we saw the horse mm-hmm. and it looks yes. like, you know, and you were talking about, you know, the, um, you know, the whole idea behind the headless horseman, but many wasn't, weren't when the, in 1307, when many of the, uh, um, yeah, the Knights Templar rounded up. Didn't some of them weren't some of them beheaded? Well, I'm I'm sure that um, they died in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Some burned, think, burned yeah, the state. especially yeah. if they were well, putting up. Burned, any, yeah. yeah, especially if they were if they put up any resistance, right? So during the arrest, if they tried to resist the authorities, there would have been a, a fight. There would have been um, weapons drawn, right? And maybe some of the Templars didn't want to go to jail. Maybe they preferred death to imprisonment right right absolutely they wanted to die honorably which uh, for a warrior to die honorably meant die in battle not at home in bed or in jail right wow that's that's interesting and and the other thing that's really interesting in medieval times 
um, a lot of the alchemists suddenly go, their heads are missing. Shakespeare's heads and is missing. You know, really? they've done x-rays. Yes, they've done x-rays on the, the body that's sitting in Shakespeare's tomb. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that Shakespeare's body or not, who knows, but the head is missing. And what? so, yes, yes. So uh, in alchemy, the head, again, you know, you see in the Shakespeare's work, Horatio, you know, in the holding of the skull in Hamlet, you know, the, the head is always considered the seed of the soul. And so not only in, in what you're saying, but in alchemy, it's also... <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> creepy. There oh my is. god, there he is. Oh my god. <laughs> like, what is now it? I won't sleep at night. <laughs> it looked like a headless head coming right in there, but then I saw the eyes blinking. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, look at John's got one there too. The crystal skull. Oh god. Wow. Wanda has another neat story here. She said, she said, I have a, another story, but not exactly ghostly. I have been working with my uh, genealogy for many years. Uh, kitty cat. Uh, that looks like my cat. Looks just like my cat. Said, uh, um, working on genealogy for years and has struck with one of, um, uh, on one of my lines. My father had cancer and was dying. I asked him to talk to my grandmother uh, when he got to heaven and give me the answer uh, jokingly well after my father died about three weeks later i had a dream about um let's see i had a dream about the very thing that i had asked him so i looked up what the dream uh i looked up what the dream had said and bam from uh found all of it and was so grateful and profound and impressed at now how it happened that's really weird wow that is really weird because, I mean, you know, you hear about things like that. You know, you talk to somebody that you know is going to pass. Um, and then when something like that, take you know, comes up, that's that's really, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't really, how do you look at that? You can't look at that in any other way. I mean, it, when it happens like that, you can't really accept that any other way. It, 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 it happened the way that you, wow. you want, you asked for it and, and, that just means that there's more, you know, I mean, yeah. I, being a Christian, you know, that's a lot of people say, well, you're a Christian. How can you believe in all this stuff? Well, I mean, you know, th there's a lot of things in the Bible that talk about, um, you know, angels and demons and all kinds of different well, things. Well, like Jesus that. cast out demons, you know, he exactly. had as a Jewish uh, rabbi, he had certain command words. He had certain things. He was the Christ. So he had that innate power to do it you know from the christian theological perspective and so jesus dispatched demons in the quick form you know but Jew jewish rabbi had the same power you know um but in a different way not as of the christ but using you know the ancient rituals of solomon for god's sake mm -hmm. and solomon had plenty of magic sigils call it like it is you know and the adoration itself jeff and alexandra um were visited by three magi the, the, with the birth of jesus Magi is short for magicians of the time, wise men, magicians. Mm -hmm. They understood numerology. They understood numbers. Heck, the Bible has what? They have a book of numbers, right? Psalms, Psalms, for instance, in the Old Testament, you know, um, in the part of the Torah, guess what? Psalms is chanted like an incantation. Mm -hmm. So, yes, a lot of the Old Testament stuff, a lot of the Jewish stuff is very magical. And it wasn't until you know, Christ came on the scene in the New Testament that a lot of that magic was replaced by, you know, the arrival of Christ and what he was teaching. But it doesn't mean there's not validity to it. 
You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, the old ways still aren't practiced. They are practiced in many parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we're the ones who forgot the old ways. And yeah, yeah that's what I think, too. 2000 years ago, Jesus Christ was there to help people if they had problems with spirits or demons. But who do we have to go to nowadays? Oh, John, in your house, you've got at least one ghost, right? <laughs> well, I, I got something kicking around. I'm not sure what it is, you know. <laughs> Overactive imagination, maybe. <laughs> but it's something kicking to, around. If you wanted to be rid of it, who would you go to for help? Who do you call? Well, you, you call upon the Lord. I mean, that's just that's all there is to it. But that's my faith base, you know. If you're not as of the Christian faith, you would use whatever mechanism you had to call upon. And in, in many cases, you know, if you're if you're Jewish, you would go into the Jewish origins and use whatever is in the Jewish you know, tradition to fight such things. I mean, every tradition has it. Even the Buddhist, you know, they call them angry ghost or hungry ghost. Even the Buddhists deal with ghosts and demons in, in that realm because it's considered a cyclical. There's the hell realms in Buddhism and there's the heavenly realms or the realms of the gods. And it's a complete circle until you kind of bust out of the cycle of reincarnation in Buddhism. So they they have ways, the, the gurus have ways of dealing with, you know, demons or hungry ghosts. So yeah, I guess it really, Alexander, to answer your question, it really depends on on what your faith is and, and, and what what you believe. You know, but every tradition has some way of dealing with entities like this. You know, the Roman Catholics deal with it differently. They deal with uh, entities like this through exorcism. That's their belief system. You know, that's that's what they call upon. So it, it really depends on, on on how you know how you were raised or what you believe or a blend thereof. You can have a blend of faith. You know, but as long as you attribute yourself to that intentionality, I think so much of it is caught up in the intentionality. You're focusing your energy and have that intention that can force something out of your life or away from your life that would cause you harm. I mean, what do you think? Mm -hmm. You guys are both nodding. You agree with that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, we agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but again, you're right. Who? What else do you have to call upon? And, you know, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. He would have access to all those old Jewish ways, all, you know, all the old Jewish books, all the old mystical books that, you know, that we don't have access to. And I'm wondering well, how I have much... a question for you. Yeah. We we talked about the time of Jesus Christ. You know, John the Baptist, how mm -hmm. how he died. Yes, he was beheaded. Why do yeah. you think it did that to him? Was it uh, to cause some problems for his spirit? Was it like a really um, bad way to die? Or did they try to dishonor him? Why did they pick that no. kind of death? If it was if it was the Romans that beheaded, they wanted to make an example of them. If it was it was and and then remember the Templars were always always rumored to have the head of John the Baptist. Yes, so, which so, they worshipped. Yes, yes, which they worshipped. So for them, having the head was very spiritual. If if indeed they had the head of John the Baptist, for Romans, I think it was just like you crucified Christ. You want to make an example of someone that's causing trouble. You know, and and the 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 Pharisees and the and the and the rabbinical council of Jesus' time didn't like what Jesus was saying because it's totally against the institution. So what do you do in a social movement? You get rid of the figurehead. Same thing happened to Martin Luther King. You get rid of the figurehead of the social movement. You know, Gandhi. Same thing. You get rid of it, and then hopefully the social movement will die. And all, every good social movement is also a spiritual movement. So I, I really think that's what happened. And the Templars had supposedly the head, and, and like you said, they worshipped it. So the Templars had a different understanding of the, the seat of the soul on the head than, than the Romans did, quite obviously. 
Yep. In my opinion. All right. Well, I'm going to share another story. Okay. I have one where, and I think I, I might have told this back when we were doing the paranormal Oak Island, but I'm going to share a story about. Uh, um, I, I worked at a uh, I worked at a mall uh, in in Reno, Nevada, and yes. it was an old mall, very very old mall. It was well, it was built. I say it was built in the '60s or the '50s. It was built in the '50s, and then in 19 in the '70s they put a roof over it, so it was a really old mall. Down in the basement of this mall, down it had anchor stores on either end. And one of the anchor stores, I forget the name, it was like Schottensteins or something like that. But they had a basement down where they had the, like the shoe department and stuff like that down in the basement. Now, a story was told years ago that back in the, I think it was, it was back in the 70s, uh, that a girl got murdered in the basement down there. We looked into that and tried to find out some answers. Um, but um, knowing that that story was there, uh, there was many times when I were, was down in the basement was used for mostly for storage for the stores to keep their extra storage for extra goods and merchandise and stuff in their base. They all had a, ba a locked room down there. Well, you know, I was down there quite a bit. We had a shop down there and uh, we were down there one time. It was right around prom time and we were down there. They had these donated prom dresses and we were taking these prom dresses and we were taking them out of the boxes and putting them on this rack. And the guys were hauling the rack up the stairs into this and then across into a couple of different stores. And I was in the basement. Now, you got to remember, there's no wind down there. Very stale air all the time, but very creepy at the same time. But anyway, we're I'm taking the, the dresses out of these boxes. They were hanging, hanging up in these boxes and I'm putting them on racks for the guys to come down and carry. Well, at one point I was down there and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it got really cold and somebody mentioned that in the chat earlier about having cold spots that's mm -hmm. attributed to maybe an entity coming on but you know coming around at that particular time so all of a sudden it got really cold and i remember that i remember you know i was moving these boxes and hanging stuff up and i got really cold and i was like oh wow man it just got really freezing cold here all of a sudden and the hair was standing up on my arm and just when that happened a female and i know it was a female came up behind me and whispered in my left ear and I did not hear what she said. I didn't catch the words, but it was just like, but it was a female voice. And I felt her breath on my neck. And it was like, you know, I was like, I was like you know, and, and being somebody that tries to get into paranormal, you know, investigation, stuff like that. I mean, I, I it, it took me a second to kind of catch myself. I was like, and I, and, it, and I knew there was somebody standing behind me and I was like, Okay, come on, Jeff. You got to get yourself together here and, and remember what to do. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I focused for a second. I looked around real quick and there was nobody out. The guys were still across mm. the other side of the mall. I'm down there by myself and I was like, okay. And I and then I that story popped into my head about the girl that got murdered in the bathroom. So in, immediately I was like, okay, all right. So I just heard you. I just felt you whisper in my ear and I felt that hair. It was her dress. <gasps> Somebody just said it was her dress. And I and, and I said, okay, all right, are are you are you here with me right now? Could you could you speak to me? Could you, you know, communicate with me again? I just felt you. I just knew you. I felt your presence. I felt you whisper in my ear. What is it you'd like to say? Is there more? And there was nothing. It got warm and that was it. And it was over that quick. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that was so cool. But I mean, that 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 moment when they spoke into my ear she spoke into my ear and i felt that breath and the hair on my arm and my ear just i mean on the back of my neck just kind of 
you know, it was, it, that is a moment when, you know, there's some sort of mm. spirit world. There just is. I mean, can't explain that any other way. How else could that possibly have happened? Not, there's no air moving down. There's no air conditioning down there. There's nothing. And yet, all of a sudden, I felt mm. that. Mm. So, what do you make of that? Hmm? Have you had experiences like that? Either one of you? That was you, you, yeah, you know, you my mind was like Gettysburg, and it, it really, yeah, it still affects me to this day. You know, I, oh, yeah. I still, when I go up there and I go to that area of the of my father's yard, I still can remember that little girl saying that. Yep. John, John, would you like to play a game? And I was like, oh my god, she's asking me if I want to play a game with her. I mean, it still freaks me out to this day mm-hmm. um, because it was so Jeff. It was audible; you could hear it so clearly, mm-hmm. just like you and I talking. Yep. You know, yeah. and you know that stuff happens. The, the Gaysburg is a very interesting area. You know, you and I have to go down there. We've got to go down there and do an investigation. I mean, it's not that far from me. No, no, it's not far at all. Yeah, it's, so we got to go down there and check it out. Very and interesting. Some, and there's some stories. I know uh, Alessandra had a had a book that uh, you had shared. Uh, you said, "Oh yeah, there we go." More ghost stories of Nova Scotia. Yes. Now, do you know this person? Do you know? Are you familiar with this person? Yes, that's Vernon Eichel. He's a, a very prolific author. He lives on the South Shore. Uh-huh. I've met him, and he loves um, ghost stories. So he has several books. Um, they are collections of stories from all over Nova Scotia. Mm. Basically describes uh, what other people told him, and the stories have to do with uh, real locations, uh, either a haunted house or a cemetery or um you know stuff like that there is a place on the south shore called macus island it's in saint Margaret's bay and it used to be a sacred burial ground for the Mi'kmaq, the indigenous mm-hmm. of scotia they would bury their chiefs there they would bring them in ocean canoes from as far as liverpool and bury their bodies on the island but later in the colonial era somebody uh, built a house, a farmhouse on the island, and there was an apple orchard. And apparently there must have been a little girl that lived in, in the farmhouse and then died uh, too young. And her spirit is still around. So this mm. island is under the protection of uh, this conservation society. I forget what they're called. I think it's St. Margaret's Bay Stewardship Association. So they take care of the island now and you can rent this farmhouse from them mm. and spend a night there. And wow. the, the people, tourists who have been staying there sometimes see this little girl. So wow. she appears, either peeks into the window or shows up inside the house and she gives people apples, like real physical apples that you can actually bite into and eat. And sometimes she'll do that even off season. There are no apples on the trees outside so that's pretty weird how she conjures up yeah and then gives it to you so if anybody wants to at the night farmhouse on mccoo's island in st margaret's Bay, wow. you might encounter her i would love to do that actually i really would you know i've been on some of those ghost investigations where they have a lot of people i was at fort um you know um uh what was it called F- um fort wayne it was fort wayne in detroit and they had one of those big things where there was a lot of people there. There was a lot. And 
and they had celebrities there. The guys from Ghost Hunters there, Tango and Steve were there, and John Zaffis was there. And I got to actually sit down and talk a little bit with John Zaffis, and that was pretty neat. And at one point, if you guys are familiar with these guys, let me know. But, you know, Steve, Steve and Tango, um, Steve Gonzalez and, and Tango, both of them were there, and I got a chance to investigate with, with Steve. We wow. Were, we were in a particular room. We all sat down. Steve was in there with us. There was about four of us in this room. And we went in, we sat down on the floor, and Steve was sitting over there, too. And it was so cool because, you know, you watch Ghost Hunters on TV, and you hear, you know, the questions that they would ask and all the different things like that. And then when you're in the room and I'm asking questions and I've got EVPs going and all this guy, the recorder going and all this stuff. And then you hear Steve over there asking a question and you're like, that's Steve sitting over there. That's the guy from the show. <laughs> but it was so neat. But the bad part about it in all in all was the fact that there was so many people there that you could not really do a good investigation because mm. there were always people walking around. I mean, we got an opportunity, some little opportunities here and there to to do some search research, but with so many people, it was really hard to do a good investigation. But still, the opportunity to be there with them guys, meet them, and investigate with them was really uh, pretty awesome. In the end, um, there was also in a time where I was down at the um, at the at the um, I'm trying to think of the name. It's the name of a prison. Um, um, Mound. Um, it's oh, shoot. Um, it's down in, in, in West Virginia. Um, it's a, a prison down there and I'll, I'll think of it in a minute, but I was, did an investigation there one time and I was in a section of the, of the prison that was empty. Um, and we were, I looked down, there was a, with one other person and I looked down the line of cells and I just was snapping pictures, just taking pictures going on. And, and I took a picture and I, and I was trying to look at them right away, but I really didn't notice it. It looked like there, there was maybe a, a manifestation down there toward the end. So I went on down there and I was walking along. The person that was with me did not go. He stayed where he was down at this cell because he, he wanted to sit inside one of the cells and do, do some EVP work. I was walking down toward that, the end, the far end, as I, and as I was doing that, I heard footsteps behind me. And I stopped for a second and they kept stepping about three more steps and then stopped. <laughs> and I turned around and I'm looking, I thought there was somebody behind me. I really did. And you know, that moment when you feel that, you know, if, if there's somebody in the room or in the house with you and you, you maybe hear something, you're reading a book or something and you hear something and you, you feel their presence coming towards you. You mm -hmm. kind of do. And, and you look up and you go, Hey, Hey, what's going on? You know, or whatever, you know, I felt that. I felt that presence. And, and so as I'm walking along and I stopped and I heard a couple more steps and I turned around like this, I felt that presence still coming towards me. Mm, mm. And it, and it kind of like, you know, and it was dark in there, but there was enough, there was street lights outside that were shining through the window. So you could kind of see it wasn't completely black in there, but talk about a moment when, and your, your, your heart kind of flutters for a second because you expected because of what you felt to see somebody actually walking toward a person, not a ghost. I didn't see anything, but I had that feeling that somebody was approaching me. And mm. I'm and it just, yeah, it just, uh, I mean, <laughs> okay. Is that one of those weird, weird times? Uh, West Virginia penitentiary. No, it was, um, Moundsville prison. Is that the name of it? Moundsville prison. I think that's the name of it. Moundsville prison down there and, uh, Moundsville, West Virginia. But what a what a what a cool place that was, and uh, I got some pretty good EVPs there too. And uh, but 
So, you know, you get those personal experiences, you get some recordings and things like that. But again, is it, is it truly, a truly an entity? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We're at two hours. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> How better you want to call it? I mean, this has been fun. And I really hate the fact that I had these technical difficulties tonight uh, with Wanda and everything. I really uh, apologize for that. But um, well, Jeff, we, we, we did keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we creeped yeah, it real. Um, I, I like this book. I wanted to mention this real quick because at the top of this book, it says, maybe you should be afraid of things that go bump in the night. <laughs> that's awesome did you catch jeff, that right there. jeff can i recommend a paranormal series that was filmed here in nova scotia people can watch the episodes online yes. so if anybody has interest in the haunted places in nova scotia mm -hmm. you can check out a show called sightseers it was made for ami which is a media company that produces content for the blind people wow sightseers called? I, I put that in the chat yes okay so good uh, let's see here okay all right i see it here i'm gonna put that down uh where everybody can see that the interesting thing about the two psychics that are in the series the interesting thing about them is one of them is blind his name is mark jolly really he reads people's hands and he's very sensitive to ghosts too and the other one is um Laura Warren, she's local. She's from Nova Scotia and she reads places. So if you need your house checked out and maybe some send some ghosts <laughs> on their way, <laughs> call Laura Warren. Okay. All right. So uh, but yeah, I just put that link up there. If anybody wants to check that out, sightseers. <clears throat> I'm gonna look into yeah. it for sure. The yeah, episodes are only 20 minutes long, so not like it's going to you know take up all your afternoon to watch an episode oh linda says it's an ob it's an awesome show i've posted a couple of them in our group wow cool cool yeah somebody else had excellent show somebody else that has watched it too so i'm gonna have to check that out you know that kind of thing like you said it's, some of the stuff we talked about tonight you look at the fact that you know should you be scared of it um it's kind of like my son um you know and i believe him when he tells me he's seeing these people I do believe him. And, um, you know, he says he, he doesn't understand why people get so scared when they see an entity. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, that, that caught me off guard. Okay, I'm already spooked out. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think uh, Nikki just spooked me out. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, that's, that's you know, my he son. Says, <laughs> he loves Halloween. <laughs> we both do. <laughs> but you know he said i don't understand why people get so scared about it you know we watch you know because a lot of times you watch a travel channel and there's so many you know shows about you know the paranormal and things like that and people are getting freaked out and he goes i don't know why they get so freaked out about it i said because <laughs> because people they don't understand they don't understand what it is they don't and and you gotta you gotta admit you know, when 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 I'm in a when I'm doing an investigation at Hillview Manor and I'm walking down a hallway upstairs completely by myself, there's room after room after room after room. And there's one room that you walk by and there's a rocking chair inside, you know, and I'm walking there with my digital night vision camera and I'm walking along and I'm looking in these rooms. And I and if one of those the doors are all open on every one of them, and if one of those doors were to slam while I'm up there. I'm sorry, but I'm beating feet the heck out of there because somebody's up there, you know, but it, you know, I'm looking in there and I went around, I knew there was one of them that had the rocking chair in there. And I'm like, oh, do I want to look in there? Is that rocking chair is rocking? <laughs> you know? yeah. and, I, and I'm like, and I look in with my camera and I'm like, 
Okay, it's not rocking. Okay. Yeah, it's not rocking. Yeah, but it's it's that fear factor. I mean, of knowing that there's actually an entity right there. Mm-hmm. And you uh, don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what they're going to do. Exactly no. right. No. So there is another place in Nova Scotia that people can visit and stay at overnight. It's um, Fortress Louisburg or Louisburg. It's in Cape Breton. It's a very old French fortress. Um, you can rent a room and stay in there at night. And they will even give you the keys to the fortress and you can roam around all you wow. want. Of course, they give you a lantern to a flashlight, maybe. A lantern, <laughs> so, okay. So you can rent a room at Fort Louisburg and stay there at night. Apparently, there are several ghosts inside this fort, in- including a little girl that will peek in through the window. And I have heard the story, I think, from Dwight Parker. He um, owns this historical reenactment group called Pirates of Halifax. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Dw- Dwight Parker told me that the ghost of this little girl will appear um, outside the window as if she's peeking in. And that sometimes she's even doing that not on the ground level, but, but on one of the upper floors. So somehow she floats in the air. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's the ghosts or spirits of children that are the spookiest because I know that they died young. And I feel really sorry for them. And I would like to, you know, help them or comfort them somehow because they were left behind here as children without their mothers and nobody's taking care of them. So right. for me, it's the it's children's ghosts that are the scariest. I can handle all the other stuff, but the children, they, you know, that breaks my heart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I just don't want to see that clown ghost. <laughs> Clown <laughs> I don't like I'm not a big guy. I, I don't really care for clowns to begin with, but uh ever since that movie, the red balloon and the, the clown, what's that movie called? I can't think of the name it, of it all. It IT it. Yeah, IT uh it, Steven it, 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 yeah. And the little the, the little video that I had made today to, to intro the show, which I ended up not using, has a bunch of that, you know, some of those some of those uh, circus clowns, and it's real creepy with that yeah. music in there. Maybe yeah, I'll think, play it on the outro. <laughs> yeah, I think the clown's name is Pennywise. Is that not correct? Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah, think you're so right. that's so, really yeah. creepy. I I, not I'm not like a fan of uh, creepy clowns. So uh... <laughs> no, I, I, I'd rather stick to traditional scary <laughs> stuff. Like yeah. Oh, oh, that fort is that the fort that the the Oak Island crew have been to? Is that the same fort? Yes. Or is that is yes, it? that's okay. that, that's uh, Fort or Fortress Louisburg. Okay. Yes, they wow. did stations there. Yeah, and you can you can go on a ghost walk of the fortress. They they probably have it uh, in the summertime. Maybe they canceled it because of the pandemic, but I'm sure next year everything will be back up and running. Oh, we got to get a group together. Who wants to go? Let's get a group together next year. I'm in, and we'll go we up there. Spend and we're the Yes. Yes. I got to look into seeing how much that costs because that would be awesome. I would love to do that. I, you know, like I said, I, I like to do paranormal investigations because I want to get proof. Me, I'm still a little bit undecided as to whether or not is that Mary says she's in. Oh, Kate's in. You know, we got people chiming in right now. I'm in um, because I'm a little undecided. Is it is it really a spirit that has when I see something, when I hear that person talking in my ear? When I see movement in a room and I know there was movement in that room, but yet there's nobody in there. Was that 
an entity? Was that a spirit, somebody who has passed? Or is that, as I was mentioning earlier, a, a, a place where two different versions of reality have intersected right. for just a moment or maybe wow. even a place where it happens more frequently? Um, is that possible? Is that something that can take place? So I'm trying to find out which is maybe both are true. Maybe both are. And that's what I was talking about with John Zaffis. When he and I had that opportunity to talk at Fort Wayne, I asked him about that. And he believes that as well. He said he definitely believes in it. He said they will never do a TV show about such a thing because paranormal is so much more popular. You know, the, the, the ghosts and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I believe that. And I would like to talk to some people, if there's any of you guys out there that believe that kind of thing, where you have that intersected of two versions of reality going on and they intersect for just a little while is that is that something that's possible so i have a question for both of you jeff mm -hmm. and john if you died and became a ghost would you move on or would you stay behind and if the latter if you decided to stay behind why would you stay here what reason I'm gone. <laughs> You're gone. Right into the light. I'm gone. Yeah. And the yeah. glory of God just yep. gone. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> How about you? I think it would depend on the circumstances. But my family were still here, especially my son. I I would stay behind just to watch over him. Wow. Now, now I know after death, there's something called visitations. And typically family members that are grieving, the departed person will come and visit them in their sleep or in twilight sleep or you know i've had two grandparents die and i felt their presence while i was sleeping and i was in that kind of twilight sleep i knew they were above me you know saying their goodbyes in their ways and some people do get visitations it's very common i mean it's been documented that people get visitations from deceased loved ones within a week or two of the actual death of the person and they the deceased says goodbye to the living before ascending into the light. So that does happen. I mean, yeah. that's, that is a phenomenon. I, I read a story uh, in the newspaper a few years ago here in Nova Scotia, where um, a woman who had a baby in her car went off the road and her car plunged into the river and it was upside down. So she was upside down in her seat. Baby was upside down in its car seat. Now, when the um, firefighters came into rescue her and the baby and pull her out of the out of the river they heard a voice a woman's voice calling them to come and help and to get the baby first so interestingly enough once they got to her because obviously the the you know the car was full of water and it was difficult to open the doors and get her and the baby out she was already gone but the baby was still alive so where did that voice come from the mother the mother's spirit stayed behind, checked the baby until the firefighters came and rescued her. Wow. Mm. Mm. Wow. Some some um, bonds and attachments, and especially yep. uh, if it's love, they they cross over. They they remain. They they stay strong even when the two people are separating. Wow. Yep. Wow. There's a there's another video I have here real quick, and uh, this one was the one that you had shared with me about the dogs, John. Did you oh, want to? This a little bit? <laughs> well, no, it, it was a video I was watching a couple days ago when I was you know looking at things for the show, and it shows these dogs, two dogs barking. Suddenly, the dogs go totally silent, and then it looks like 
something has picked up one of the dogs and is moving it within the cage. Um, oh. It's it's very and animals, as you know, Alexandra and Jeff are very sensitive yes. to things that we can't see because we can't see it with our eyes because of our spectrum and what we're limited to as human beings. Other creatures in the planet are more sensitive and can see things, and dogs can hear things that we can't hear. So, you know, yeah, just roll the tape. It's quite interesting. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't give me that time. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's right. an interesting piece of footage. So yeah, yeah. Sure. Let me uh, let me bring this up. I'm gonna watch the volume here because I remember what the dogs were barking. It was really loud. All right, so here we go. Okay, this. here we go. Wow. Oh, man. What was that? I have no idea what was wow. going on. Wow. Right at it's the like... end. I mean, his collar comes off. Yes. It's like he's picked up, Jeff. I, I'm, I'm going to play that again because oh my right God. at the end, his, his collar comes off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play that one more time. Hold on. Okay. We're right about that point. Yeah, watch, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. Watch, his, watch his collar. His white collar. Watch this. It comes thing. off. Right there. Yep, right there. And the collar, Jeff, it looks like someone had taken it and unnitched it. Yep. And then pulled the collar off and moved and the dog the back. Do yeah, and the dog just freaked out by it. It's absolutely yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, "What is going on in this video?" You That's, know, because I I always look for things that that look re realistic, like like that I think they're real. Mm -hmm. And I I can't. I mean, what's your opinion, guys? What do you think about the video? That's that's pretty crazy. I, I don't know. I don't have experience with dogs, but um, something was in the cage with the, with the dog. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just yeah. the craziest thing, and like something that. something loosened that collar. And then and, and picked up the dog and moved the dog back in the cage. I mean, it was the most amazing thing. Oh my gosh. I just I just write who who just oh this was Janet. Okay. My little girl called out mama to me the night after she died. Oh and my sister touched the back of my head after I gave uh, after I gave a talk uh, at her funeral. It doesn't happen or it does happen. You just have to be aware and open. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh my goodness. Condolences, first of all. Wow, wow, that's heavy. Wow, for sure. And I and I know I, I'll, I'll tell this. Try to tell this real briefly. But my my father died of he had he had terminal lung cancer and emphysema, and um, basically he died because he couldn't get he couldn't get breath, um, he couldn't get air, um, and he's he basically suffocated um, because it got to a point where he was so hard for him to breathe. Um, yeah, and I and I stayed. It was, and I and I was there when he died, um, 
And it was about a couple of months later. Um, I was there to, I was there at the house taking care of mom, um, and helping her out. And I was actually with, uh, I had set up a, a room in there where I was staying with her and, or, you know, staying at the house and sleeping. And I remember one evening I had gone through an episode where I, it was about a 10 minute thing where I felt like I was struggling to breathe. It got so very hard for me to breathe and I was starting to panic. Um, mm -hmm. I was at the house by myself, if I remember correctly, and I was starting to panic because I could not get breath. I don't know. It seemed like 10 minutes. It was probably only 30 seconds in reality, but it seemed like a long time. But I was struggling for breath. And then when it all finished and then I was able to breathe again and then I calmed down and everything. I don't, was it anxiety? Was it a panic attack? I don't get those, so I don't know. But I got thinking about it and I thought, that's what my dad experienced. Right. That would mm. be exactly what my dad experienced mm. because he could not get breath. Mm. And I thought, yeah, yeah, somebody just said, you know, watching your um, a parent die from uh, cancer or something or any anyone you love. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was hard to watch him deteriorate over the course of a year and then go that. But and I thought about that. And it's like, it, was that something residual that happened that that made me feel what he felt or allowed me to feel what he felt. I don't know. I, 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 mm. I, I almost wasn't, I thought about that earlier and I thought I'm not going to talk about this because it's so personal, but, mm. but I, I just thought maybe I should, I don't know. Just a weird, it was one of those weird things. Why did I experience that? And, and was that what my dad went through? I don't know. Well, it's, it's an emotion and the energies are so strong with the emotion and they, they can be residual. So you, you probably were picking up some, some of that residual energy within the emotion itself. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it was wow. really, really pretty freaky. But uh, but I thought about it after, mm. after everything calmed down. It never happened again. Nothing ever like that wow. ever even came close to wow. ever happening again. And I just wondered, you know, what, what that was all about. And was that something that, uh, that he, uh, was that what he was dealing with? Um, I mean, I wasn't there when he, I, I won't get into detail. I wasn't there when he actually started this struggle um mm. anyway uh close thereafter so but anyway so all right man i don't know i've had a pretty good fun i hated the fact that we had that issue with the no, it was all good uh, it was all good I, yeah. I had pretty good time spending uh spending this evening with you guys and uh talking about uh some paranormal stories we'll have to do this again sometime uh we'll have can, to come can up i with ask you reason. guys one last question yes absolutely if you could meet a ghost and talk to her, who would you want to talk to? If that was actually a, you know, a welcome encounter, one that you would seek out and... If I could talk to someone there. deceased. Yes, be, who would be, you want be, to talk besides, to? Besides Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that that's, not, that's not a ghost. I'm not saying that's a ghost at all. That's, right. that's the Jesus. But who in history would I want to talk to that's been this that's deceased? Robin Williams. That's a great choice. Robin um, Williams. Oh, I'm I'm kind of stuck between Gandhi and Martin Luther King. Mm. You know, one of those two because they, they just there was just such a good social movement. Yeah, you know, that's true too. Yeah, wow. I mean, uh, you have Joan of Arc sitting there as well as well, and you 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 have a number of, you know maybe even you know 
Robert DeBruce is sitting there. You I was going to say Molay. You know, Jacques de Molay sitting there. That would be another one. Another good choice. You know, I have to speak How about you, French. Alessandra? I would say my two grandfathers, whom I never met because they died before I was born. Mm, one call. of them died during the Second World War. And um, he died during the first... I think right at the beginning, and um, he never had a chance to say goodbye to his wife and his son. And when he died, he died, um, I believe, in Ukraine. And um, his wife, my grandmother, she lived in Hungary, in Budapest at the time. And she was at home, and she had a pantry with jars, like with preserves, like, you know, pickles and jams and stuff like that. And one of the Stars exploded. Oh wow! She knew that in that moment she had lost her husband. That was just the feeling, the premonition that she had. And then she got a letter in the mail, probably the military, informing her that her husband passed away. So I never met him. Mm. That was my Hungarian grandfather, and my other grandfather, my Slovak grandfather, he too passed away before I was born. He. Um, he had problems with his lungs. He used to work in tunnels. The Second World War, they would blast tunnels um, for trains, and he got a lot of dust in his lungs. Mm. So towards the end of his life, he couldn't breathe very well. But he worked until his last breath. He was a carpenter, and I believe that he fell off a roof. He was helping somebody build a house, and he fell off the roof. And, you know, hospitals were far away. He lived in a mountain village. So uh, he didn't get the medical care he needed in time. And, and he passed away. So I never met either one of my grandfathers. Mm. And I hear that they were great guys, very dedicated to their families, very mm -hmm. hardworking, humble men, good Christians. So I feel like if I could choose who I want to meet mm -hmm. in the um, ghost form, that would be my two grandfathers. I, I just want to know um, yeah, what they were like and if um, they would like me or be proud of me and my family. So, mm. wow. wow, that's cool. Yeah, I remember, you know, and it's and you're stepping into a just a different area just for a moment. Is that um, I remember, you know, there's a connection we talked about this connection. Somebody had mentioned something about a, a cat. Um, that was befriended by a man, and when this, when the, uh, when the the man passed, um, the cat ran in and jumped on the guy's lap. Mm -hmm. um, you know that, and that's interesting that we have a connection, we have a bond with animals. Um, and I remember as a kid, I had a, I had my my dog. Uh, his name was Fritz, Fritzy, and he was a German Shepherd, uh, half German Shepherd, half Brittany Spaniel. And um, I went on a camp out, a Boy Scout camp out, and I, uh, I knew when I left, I knew he was sick. He wasn't feeling well. Um, and on Saturday night, I don't know, it was a, we in the morning. I don't even know exactly what time. Well, I actually I do. It's like 2.15 in the morning or something like that, if I remember correctly. But I had woke up in the middle of the night, just bolt upright out of my bed. I was, you know, and I, and I was like, the first thing that came to my mind was Fritz. And... Mm. I, I, I just bolt upright in bed and he was on my mind and I'm like, Fritz, and I thought, I think he just died. I think he just passed away. Mm -hmm. I got home from that camp out and I asked my parents and sure enough, he had passed away Saturday night. Now, did wow. he happen to pass away at that moment that I woke up? I mm -hmm. want to say yes, he did. 
but I do I know that for a fact? No, I don't. But mm-hmm. man, you know, you, you you talk about that relationship between them. How did I know that? How did I bolt up, wake up in my sleeping bag in a tent in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and think about my dog was the first thing that came to my mind. And I knew that he had just died. I knew it. I just mm-hmm. knew it. And sure enough, he had when I got home and I checked. So that's mm-hmm. kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> How do we have that connection? How do we know those things? There's more to this than we will may ever realize. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Alessandra, that people, we have a tendency because of our modern mechanisms, the machinery that we have, the technology we have, these cell phones and things that we have today, the computers, the internet, modern conveniences, cars and all these things. We have become dulled down, I think, over time that people years ago who didn't have all this stuff were more in tune with what was going around in their physical and metaphysical world. That they we were not- present. They were present in the yes. moment. They mm-hmm. were there, body in mind, in their heart. They were there. They were mm-hmm. distracted. They weren't constantly, um, you know, screening calls and, and trying to ignore all the advertisements. <laughs> yeah. so, in, in this day and age, we spend so much time tuning things out just so that we can stay focused on, you know, the, the daily grind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Input, input, right? Things mm-hmm. coming our way constantly, sounds, images, noises, requests, demands, advertisements. We have to tune it out. And once you get in the habit of tuning things out, how can anybody get through to you if it's a subtle as a spirit or a ghost. So I think at that point, uh, those kinds of um, visitors, let's say, maybe have to reach for more extreme measures, such as throwing a thing at you or <laughs> yeah, trying to get your attention. Oh my God. Messing with your green screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh with the green screen uh, I'm just not going to sleep tonight, guys. I'll be up to two or three in the morning now. I, I might was, as well just go for cool. it and watch The Exorcist and just be scared the rest of the night. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Tom Burns just said that right there. Much of the much about energy of the mind uh, that we have yet to understand. I Absolutely. agree wholeheartedly. I think Absolutely. that uh, if we could tune in and really, you know, get all of the stimulus out of out of the way, the phones and everything else that's going on in the world, and really tune in, like you just said, Alessandra, really tune into what's going on in the um, I, I was going to say the paranormal, but just the the physical, uh, the the non physical world around us. Mm-hmm. I think we would be, we would find that it's all there, and maybe we do really see it, feel it, and understand it. We mm-hmm. could maybe understand it more. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things. I would love to. Uh, you know, I guess that's when they talk about you know meditation and things like that, right? I mean. To help you get to a different place, to help you to get to a different state of mind, mm-hmm. right? That it, it sounds like a future episode, Jeff. Uh, beyond that world, indeed, <laughs> indeed, yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. We should probably talk about that. I yeah. like it. What For what sure. does what does uh, what does um, you know uh, you know um, even the chanting and stuff like that. You know, getting into a different realm, a different plane of a thinking, different vibrational thought yes, pattern, and, and those vibrations, frequencies, too, yeah, sure. and and the Buddhists always say it's obscurations of the mind. What what obscures? What what's the obstacle of the mind? Because mind 
in its natural state is, is the gurus teach is limitless. Mm -hmm. So how do we get from point A to point B? But that's right. another episode, Jeff. <laughs> yes, that's another episode. All right, well, let's get really late okay. for Alistair. Yep, 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 yep. 10.30 there, which she is in Nova Scotia. So we better wrap this up. It's been fun, guys. I really appreciate you being here tonight and sharing all this with us. Um, my goodness. And thanks for everybody that has joined us and yeah, watched absolutely. the show tonight. We appreciate it very much. Uh, this will be out on YouTube, and we can watch that uh, as, a, as the time goes on. Again, if you're out on YouTube and you'd like, please uh, subscribe to the channel. And turn on that notification bell so you know when we do these kind of shows and things like that come up. Yep. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can do it through Patreon. We have a Patreon channel, JFree906. Were you going to say something else, John? I was I was going to say, you know, everyone's dying for another episode of Beyond the World. <laughs> oh, I'll just end it on that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alessandra and John. Appreciate you. And as always, those of you that joined us, uh, really appreciate you very much. Any last words, Alessandra, before we go? I just want to say thank you, Jeff, and thank you, John, and John's invisible friend. I hope oh, you do. That's nice when we go offline. <laughs> You're going to have to give us an update, John, of what uh, happened. I, I will give an night. update. I will give an update. Trust me, I will. It's not going to be a good night, but that's all right. <laughs> if, if, if we don't hear from you tomorrow, yeah, send a search party to your house. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. I guess I live the closest. I'll have to run well, over there. That would that could truly be the fellowship of dig. Really could. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're gonna sign off here. Thanks again for everybody being here. You guys have a great rest of your holiday or Halloween weekend. And don't forget, we'll see you here on <laughs> we'll be here on uh Wednesday night with Maddie Blake, and uh he's gonna stop by for a little bit. We're gonna recap the season premiere of the curse of oak island on tuesday night or wednesday night at 7 30 guys nice. have a good rest of your weekend bye bon appetit everyone bon appetit <laughs> 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 bye